battle plans are drawn. Chaos reigns in the streets. The future of most Espa is decided and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap Chapter 7 of the Book of Boba Fett. All right, we are back here on the season finale of the Book of Boba Fett here on the Sky Guys, recapping Chapter 7 in the name of honor. The big battle takes place. Joining me today... Well, first of all, I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Also with us today, the man whose voice you hear in the open narration every week, Pete Considori. Pete, how are you? Week seven, we're here. The finale. Uh, oh, like always, always great to uh, speak sorrows with you guys and uh, can't wait to get into it with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun here. Also with us today, uh, the man who rides the rancor that is this podcast, Nick Freyetta. Nick, how are you? I'm sad because this is the end of our journey here. You know, well, we found out today that we have a new journey coming up, so that's that's good. But I I, I enjoy coming on here each week. I look forward to the, what we do here. So I'm sad that it's coming to an end, at least for now. Yeah, it is coming to an end for now. But don't worry, there is more Sky Guys to come because between this show and the next show, we will have some extra context coming out here. You've been listening to the Just End the Suffering feed. That stuff is going to stay Sky Guys only if you want to get all of the stuff we do in between the seasons of the live action shows. The live action stuff is always going to be in the Sky Guy in the main feed as well, but it's going to be delayed. So again, Pete, you're giving you more perks now assigned for the Sky Guys feed. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Just go and like the feed, follow the feed. I mean, it's 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 that simple, folks. Yeah, is the Sky... But we'll probably get, like, what? three episodes or so before we come out with our with the next project, which we'll get into, I guess, at some point during this, the next project. Yeah, we will guarantee at least once a month you hear from us until the next show. All right, at least. I like that. Yeah, because, again, there's stuff happening. There could be trailers coming soon. There could be other shows coming soon. So you'll hear from us in the meantime, in the interim for sure. And that's, again, the Sky Guys podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all your usual suspects. Just search for the Sky Guys on any of those platforms. You can find us there. And Nick, if they like what they hear, they should leave us some feedback and star rating. So, well, that'll make, make the podcast Star rating, better. a heart, a like, whatever the whatever it is that you use to tell us we did a good job. Or you know what? You can do a dislike or a broken heart or a one star rating. If we're not doing well, you tell us why. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let us know how we're doing here. And I also throw it here. If you want to watch the video version of this where we put in all the fancy graphics, check out the YouTube page. Mike Phillips on YouTube, all the Sky Guys stuff, its own playlist there, Nick. Yeah, it does. And I think it's time, Mike. I think it's time. I think it is time to get started here. So let's start out here. General thoughts on Chapter 7, the In the Name of Honor. And it is an hour long, the longest episode we've gotten thus far of the Book of OFET. Pete, general thoughts on watching this episode? Um, I was okay with it. I liked it. Um, not the grand finale I was hoping for, in my opinion. But for what the show had to do in that last episode, you know, the, the, the hole they dug for themselves with the first four and, and then also kind of those last two Mandalorian episodes. I feel like they did well with what they could, but it, it was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, I would probably watch it again, but it's, uh, I don't know. To me, it didn't stick as like a, wow, it's a great finale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of saw how I was kind of feeling. Nick and I talk about this off air. I'll go to Nick in a second. I feel like for me, it's like, I was kind of, did I overwhelm, not underwhelm, just whelm with me. Like, it was fine. 
It was a good episode. There were moments that were exciting. There were moments that had me laughing. I had some fun with it, but for all of the fact that this is the finale of the first season of the Book of Boba Fett here, I did feel like it was a slight letdown. I liked it, but I'm underwhelmed, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy it. I, I was up very early this morning watching it. I was watching before most people were awake. And uh, I enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, it was, you know, it wasn't bad. But I'm underwhelmed. Like, it's an episode? Fine episode. One of the better episodes of the season. As the finale, I was disappointed. Yeah, I was disappointed as well. Because, I mean... Obviously, they set so many balls in motion, and I do think one thing I want before getting to the episode, P, I feel like a lot of the twists and turns we got in this episode, I feel like a lot of them were very clearly telegraphed over the course of the season. There weren't really many curveballs they threw your way. Well, I think it was perfectly telegraphed because they just had so much that they never really explained that yeah. had to come to an end, per se. Um, you know, we talked about on this podcast to an ex- extensive amount. Yeah, I talked about <laughs> how I just show was unorganized from the get-go um this episode was the best episode that boba fett was in um and it's sad to say that it comes after two mandalorian episodes and you pretty much had four boba fett episodes that just didn't really stick it it played a little bit i'll be honest with you i was hoping they would play the rushing card and just throw everything into the episode and go okay at least everything ties in but i still am left with a couple of questions that I'm like, well, what happened with this? Why did you waste a full episode to show me or eat more? Why did you waste full episodes to show me something? And they just don't really have anything to do with the show anymore. Yeah. And Pete, I'll, I'll say also to amend your point, the best episode that Boa Fett speaks in, because he was in last year, so he does not talk. Yes. No. So, yes. Uh, the best episode that Boba Fett is an actual character in. Yeah. Not video. <laughs> Yeah, that's certainly a fair point. And Nick, let's go on now to the beginning of this episode here where we survey the damage at the sanctuary after the Pikes blew it up. So officially RIP Madam Garza, not the first character, not the last character to lose in this finale. Nope. Um I, you know, we a lot of us, me especially, didn't trust her throughout the season. And I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. We should have. Because yeah, I guess we should have. I mean it's sad sad to see her go. She was she was cool, but um, she's gone. We see the aftermath there, and you know, Pete had said, and I agree that they like showed us things that they shouldn't have showed us. But I also feel the opposite, and we'll get into it when this stuff comes up. But there's stuff that they didn't show us that they should have at the same time. So I'm really like, as as an episode, I think it was pretty good. But as a show, I'm really disappointed. And we'll, we'll get into that more later, and we'll get into that even more in the re- season recap. But to answer your question about the Sanctuary and what we're seeing of it now, it's gone. We got Boba, we got Mando, we got Fennec, and we got the Cyberpunk uh, Power Rangers hanging out in there, coming up with a plan on what's going to happen and how they're going to attack this war. And the way I'm looking at it is you're heavily outnumbered. Yeah, they are heavily outnumbered. The mayor's assistant is there, too. He's just hanging out with them. And then right. Boba Fett yeah. says, initially, he's like, you know, let's go to the palace. It's fortified. We'll prepare for ourselves. The Cyberpunk Power Rangers say, hey, you know what? Like, you can go if you want. We're not going to abandon the people of Mos Espa. We have to protect them. Like, we promised them. And, Pete, I think compelling points that they seem to have a better idea what being a leader was than Boba did at that point. Yeah, it was... Um... 
it was one of those flip-flop kind of deals with character development with Boba in that sense. I mean, he was all about protecting the people and it's all about the people and he has to be a strong leader too. Now we're going to go to my palace. Uh, we'll, we'll be much safer there. Like we, we'll, we'll be, uh, we won't get hurt or anything like that. Um, granted, he probably had the mentality of, well, if something happens to us, no one's going to protect the people, but Cyberpunk Power Rangers, or at least half the crew were like, listen, we're going to stay here and help. If you want to go to your palace, fine. And I, and I think that was probably the best dialogue or best theme that the Pow cyberpunk power rangers had within this show yeah and nick they were not popular on twitter today. people were not happy they played such a big role in this finale no people hated them we we didn't but people hate them yeah. and i could see why i don't agree but i can see why they don't people don't think they fit at all their bikes look ridiculous they don't like the idea of having that stuff in star wars but I mean, it's been in Star Wars before. This is not the first time we've seen it. Black K was already has that stuff with him, and which you'll see later. That's why he's able to survive when he gets, for lack of a better term, his ass handed to him. So this is not the first time we've seen that in Star Wars. So it's not like a crazy thing like, oh, they brought in the cybernetic stuff. Like That's not new. But I can understand people don't think it fits, and that's why they don't like the characters. Me personally, I don't like the characters. I don't dislike them by any means. So they're, they're whatever to me. Yeah, and now, since we have this side, we're going to stay put and use the Sanctuary Star of our headquarters for the episode. Fennec draws the plan up. She says, okay, we're going to split up whatever force we have. We'll wait for the reinforcements that Mando says are coming from Freetown. And what we're going to do here is we're going to put all our chips in different parts of the, cor the corner. The Cyberpunk Power Rangers are going to cover the workers' district, keep an eye on what's going on over there. Black K is down in the middle of town, down at the mayor's office, keeping an eye on things. And the two Memorial Guards get sent to... The outskirts where they're watching to see who's coming in. And the idea is basically we have signal calls all over the place. We're going to be alerted when they come and then we'll just adjust accordingly. So Pete on paper, is this a good plan? Well, if you had a lot more forces, the divide and conquer plan does work. But when you don't have a lot of people splitting up the people you do have, probably not the best. Um, I am in no way, uh, strategist or strategist, I don't know how to say it when it comes to anything like that, but I feel like if you only have 10 people and you split everyone up and it's just groups of two or three against a pike army that's supposed to be huge, I don't really think that's a smart idea. Yes, you have eyes all over the place and you can communicate, but isn't that the whole point of having, I mean, we'll see later this is not the truth, but wasn't that the whole point of having the family stay neutral? Um, maybe you can get some people that are citizens to like let you know what's going on if everyone's staying neutral so um i don't think it was the smartest plan is it a smart plan for disney episode probably yeah yeah and nick i mean in terms of spreading this out here obviously i mean they don't i'm assuming they don't have risk in the star wars universe i know if you're risk you have that small troops like splitting across the board doesn't do you too much good because any section get overrun we as they find out in a few minutes they're all running some trouble yeah i mean all it takes is one of those things one of those areas have an outbreak and that area is done. And then your forces are like, Oh, we got to go help them. And then they leave their outpost and then everything's destroyed. So I, like Pete said, plan makes sense. You had more people, you don't have more people. So it doesn't really make sense. Like they make it seem like he has an army. He has like seven people working for him. I mean, in his defense, they do believe Amanda believes that they have troops coming to help them from Freetown. So they think they'll have manpower eventually. So I guess they just didn't want to wait for the forces to arise for setting the perimeter up. Yeah, maybe they should have waited. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out here. And we, and we go take a break from this action. 
we see a X-Wing with R2 driving it fly into Pelimato's shop. We see Grogu made his choice, Pete. He is staying with Mando. He is back. Uh, yes, I liked it and I disliked it at the same time. I liked it because it's like, okay, they probably need a reason to bring Grogu back. That was the you know, main selling point of the Mandalorian was the child. Um, I don't know if that was a last minute decision on the marketing team of Disney to say, Hey, look, this show may not do so well if Grogu's not in it. Um, but he makes his decision. I just think it just nullifies the whole epicness of Luke coming to get him to train him. Um, I know it doesn't really matter for the show because we probably won't see Luke ever again in live action when it comes to the Mandoverse. We may, I don't know. I don't want to throw that hot take out there. Like it's not a heavy take to, 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 to say, but kind of just takes the spark and takes away the whole last episode of the Mandalorian. It's like, Hey, Luke's here to train Grogu. That's going to be sick. It's the next Yoda. Like maybe we'll see Grogu older with a lightsaber, like battling side by side the Mandalorian. We might still see that because he's side by side the Mandalorian now, but I think it takes away a little bit of the magic of Luke. Yeah, Nick, I think it's something that we're going to discuss more in a, after the season, we're going to sort of do a, one of our podcasts coming up here to take a little break examine what we saw in this season and talk about some things that we, big takeaways. And one of them is what they did here for Grogu, because obviously the whole thrust of Man of Season 2 is we have to unite him with his kind. We go find a Jedi. We find Luke Skywalker. And now, uh, not even in Mandalorian proper, in the middle of the Book of Boba Fett, we are going to undo the entire Mando Season 2 arc. So, obviously, I think it's an interesting choice, because remember, Season 1 and Season 2 of Mando are filmed back-to-back before the pandemic, before COVID really hit. And they didn't really see how popular Grogu was going to be, the Grogu man dynamic. So I wonder if maybe this is a little bit of, you know, like we see how popular we're going to change our story on the fly here. I think it's certainly possible. I do. And personally, I hate it. They completely overdid it. Oh, excuse me. Out or undid it. That's the word I'm looking for. And in my mind, as ever, pretty much every listener probably knows, I think The Last Jedi was garbage. And it completely destroyed Luke's character. And I think that Mandalorian Season 2 kind of salvaged his character coming back just for that minute. The way he responded, you know, I'll tell, I will, he goes, I'll give my life to perfect, to, to protect the child. And then they went right back to this. I'm not even, no, not, in, not only am I, is he going to lose Grogu, he's not even going to drop him off. He's just going to send him in the ship by himself with R2. Like, what if someone hijacked the ship? I'm like, like, you don't even care. Like, I'm not even going to show up. And to me, it's just like they went right back to, as they say on the internet, Jake Skywalker. And they say, it's not Luke. It's it's not it's, it's not the Luke Skywalker. I know that's Jake Skywalker. And that's how I feel, that they're just trying to paint the picture to make the sequels make sense in the future. And it's like, admit it that you messed up. They weren't good movies. And you're stop trying to, like, make them make sense just kind of like leave them in the back burner. Yeah, it's a fair point. And I think in terms of this, I mean, we'll put the discussion of this into that postseason podcast a little further on this, but in terms of the episode here, P, I will say having Grogu in here, did I think boost the episode a lot for me? I think he was a very important part in this. Uh, You know what the funny part is? I, I agree with you and I disagree with you. I agree with you that he plays a big role, but I think if Grogu wasn't in this episode, they could have maybe used those resources to have someone else. Um, You know, how cool would it have been if Ahsoka Tano showed up? 
right? I mean, you don't need Grogu to have that like wow factor. Um, we had a couple wow factors in the episode anyway that was like, oh, this is great. Like we see a couple battles and we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, so yes, it, it plays a part because they wrote the character into this, this last episode, but I think it would have been just fine without Grogu. I, actually, it might have been better in my opinion because it's just like, okay, now you're going to shove Grogu and the Mandalorian down our face again uh, for the last episode of the Book of Boba. But it, look, all in all, a fine episode. I, like I said, I would, I may watch it again just to watch it. You know, it was a, it wasn't bad by any means, but you know, like Nick and you said, it was a little underwhelming. I feel like we could have had more. Yeah, and we'll put a pin in the Grogu stuff because he right now he's he go he finishes he lands he shows he's got the best car on goes to have a snack and then with Pally model and then he we go back to the Boba situation where they've sent the minions out to do their bidding and then Cad Bane shows up with some pikes in the background and then we get a confrontation and Cad Bane shows up after he gets a little breathing on the pikes and when they reveal the worst kept secret possible they're the ones who kill the Tuscans and not the the biker gang. I think, Nick, I think that's a case where we don't think we needed the briefing. I think it would have been more badass if Cad Bane had just dropped down on his own without us telling us beforehand. Yeah, I agree. Definitely agree. And Cad Bane, awesome to see him again. He's a great character. He's a great villain. I did some research into his species. He's 71 years old during this show, and that's considered very old for his species. I know we had thought about that, like, oh, well, maybe he's, you know, maybe they age differently and he's not really old. He's very old for his species, which is interesting. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't mean he shouldn't be there or anything like that. But interesting. And you could see the dynamic between him and Boba. I like how they, I I want to, I'm going to say the word assume. I like how they assume you've seen the other stuff. Yeah. You go in there, these guys know each other. It's not a matter of. Oh, who are you? I'm Cad Bane. It's no, I know exactly who you are. You're my quote unquote mentor, you know, and, and it's almost assuming the audience knows that because honestly, at this point in 2022, and now I can say this because you guys have already done it in 2022. If you have not watched the animated Star Wars things, it's really hard for me to consider you a serious Star Wars fan. Even not not even just watching the show to me, at least go on like the Wikipedia and like go look yeah, up. Oh, Bane. yeah. Watch or at least seen some episodes, like seen a season or something like that. Or something, you know, like seen know who Cad Bane is, know who that god awful Zero the Hut is, know who Thrawn is. Like that's like if you don't know that stuff, like then I don't know, then you shouldn't really be criticizing or judging something Star Wars related. Basically, he's saying you're a filthy cow, so you don't know this stuff. No, I'm saying I can say this now because you guys have watched it. Yes. Anyway, Pete, so we do get this meeting here. We get the turn where Cad Bane basically goes up to Boba and says, hey, your help's not coming. Like, I took care of the marshal uh, at the Freetown, so RIP Cobb Van. He did not make it. And then we see, he basically says, if you let the spice run free, you're good to go. Like, we won't bother you again. And Boba says, no, it's a, it's like a plague on the people or whatever. And then we get the information where Cad Bane drops the, oh, the, t the Pikes killed the Tuscans that you were your family, you abandoned. And, and then we get the point where he considers going to the quick draw against Cad Bane and Fennec talks him down. So uh, round one, what are your thoughts? I really liked it. Um, this might be a hot take. I think Cad Bane as a character and his dialogue is the best executed dialogue in the whole series. Um, I just think it's exactly what the character would sound like from the animation, uh, series, but also it just, 
it's the I want to say it's the best acting, but it's the best portrayal of a character. Um, granted, the Mandalorian portrays his character perfectly because we didn't have any um, context. Same thing with Boba Fett. We didn't have really context of how the character is dialogue wise. Boba Fett is an adult. But hot take Cad Bane does the best in this series, the whole series, even though he only shows up two episodes portraying the character um, or the actor, I should say. Um, really liked it. I like that whole sequence. I like that Fennec is the voice of reason because she is probably the more skilled of the two. Uh, that's not even probably definitely more skilled of the two, maybe even the three uh, of Cad Bane, Boba Fett and Fennec. So I liked it a lot. And I, I was tense watching it. And I can't say that this show has made me feel what was happening in the show as I watched it. But this was one of those episodes like, oh, crap, what's going to happen? Is Cad going to shoot? Like, what's what's going on? Um, it was it was a really cool scene. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It, and back to what I said earlier about the whole uh, we get the info drop from the Pikes, not from Cad Bane. Did it bother you that we did, we had that scene thrown in there first? And I have Cad Bane be like the bearer of bad news himself and to, to Boa and the audience at the same time. I I agree with you on that. I think this show has done a really bad job at laying up the surprises. Yeah. I, same thing with the Mandalorian. Like it just, they literally just told you before it happened. So the surprise was very underwhelming. Granted, they did Cad Bane very well. He just shows up out of nowhere. Perfect. That's great. They should have done the same thing with Mando and they should have same, did the same thing with this. Yeah. We didn't need to hear the conversation. We know Cad Bane's working with the syndicate. Yeah, and Nick, I also mentioned in terms of Pete mentioning the portrayal, obviously they, they got Corey Burton back to voice Cad Bane again. So I think that obviously, obviously yeah. helped because he's played that character for about like 10, 11 years now. So he knows exactly what he, they want out of him. How crazy is that, right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think? Like imagine like you play a character for three years, maybe. Because the show only lasted until 2014 or so. And then it came, you know, it came back and he wasn't in season seven. So imagine like, you know, you're just, you do a character for like three years and they call you 10 years later and say, we need you to do one more an or two more animated episodes for Bad Batch. And then we need you to record some lines for something that's going to be in live. That's going to be cool. Like, I don't know. Then you play the character and 10 years later, got a call for the same character. And that's cool. But um, yeah, I, I could completely agree about him being the one to drop the bomb. But at the same time, they needed to show something like that because we're they, we're sitting here. Where's the mayor? We haven't <laughs> seen him in like five episodes. And where's the Pike leader? We haven't seen him since maybe episode three. Yeah. So like you needed to show them at the same time. As much as I agree with you, it'd be better if Cad Bane dropped the bomb on them. We, we haven't seen these characters in episodes. So we needed to know what they were up to. So kind of like they had to do that. Okay. Okay. Two points. One, the Corey Byrne thing. He's like, obviously Cad Bane had not been seen in Clone Wars in season four. That's the last time he appears. So it's been about, it was about a decade before they called Corey Burton back to come back on the show. That's yeah. a, a long time. And Pete, I'll throw him a counter in there. Nick makes a good point about, hey, we haven't seen the mayor. We haven't seen the Pike guy. So oh, we have the scene. And then you, we cut it like right where Bo, like he says, oh, Boba, you basically say, oh, Boba is motivated. And he's like, there's something you need to know. And then we cut and then we go and have Cad give us the information instead of getting it twice in a row. Yeah, I mean, to kind of counter, give a counterpoint to the whole mayor thing, do we really need to see the mayor? I mean, it's kind of assumed that he is no. okay. And we don't have to see him. This, this, the light that they bring the mayor in is this, this episode is very cowardly. At least before this episode, we were like, wow, this this mayor doesn't mess around like he's going to let his whole city burn 
to get his way. You know, in, in, in a sense, when I say burn, meaning we're going to bring the pikes in. If there's a war, there's a war. Let them deal with it. I'm not. And then we see him and he's just this coward. He's like, I didn't want this for my city. It's like, wait a minute. You you decide to go against Boba Fett. And now all of a sudden, I don't, I don't want to have anything bad for this. Like, it's just bad, just character planning. Yeah. Again, I think, again, the whole show was just bad planning. But like Nick said to Nick's point, we haven't seen him. So maybe the show and the producers and the, and the directors like, well, we need to end his kind of career, which they did anyway at the end of the episode. I think the ending scene with that group was necessary, but I don't think the middle scene with that group was, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think you could you could have had them pop up in the middle of the episode. May have somebody may have Cad being like Halloween and say, "Hey, this is what's going on here," and then have the group talking about it and have the mayor going, "Hey, you're ruining my city," something like that in there. Yeah, There's a- they, they talk about they talk about the, the spice a lot, right? Yes, and we're led to believe spice is a drug, right? Yeah, pretty much, like like a cocaine or something. Let's just like say something like that. I know we'll never see this because it's Disney and it's mostly, honestly, half and half probably for kids. And I know it originally, origin, like Star Wars originated as like a kid's thing, but now I'd say it's kind of half and half. Like, yeah, it's definitely, it's like a family thing. It's family friendly, if you will. Um, I kind of want to see how how is this spice used? What does it do? Because like, show me, so, I know they're never going to do this, but like, I want to kind of see someone get high on spice and see what it's like. Like, what is so bad about it that, it needs to be off the streets. I guess we're just led to assume it's a regular drug. Like, like I said, cocaine, but kind of want to like, I'm sitting there like, I'll get that spice off my street. Like I kind of want to see what, what it's like. Uh, Pete season two, of bad batch. Uh, Echo gets high on spice. I mean, there's something that happens at the end of the episode that I did not think Disney would do, at least in this day and age. And we'll get to it when we get to that scene, but I would give Echo more character. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, hundred percent. But um, I mean, look, I, I understand why Disney and Disney properties don't want to show that sort of behavior. Make it a different problem. Don't I'm not saying that we shouldn't have spice is the problem, but like you again, we don't know how bad spice is. Granted, they they talk about it a lot, but like make it a different problem that you can show weapons different. Right. There's weapons all over the show. Make it weapons trading. That, yes, it's not like, look, they can't say they don't want to show weapons because everything's about lightsabers and guns and blasters and star destroyers and, and droids that are shooting. So And pikes have always been spice. I get it. But. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. And, you know, we are, we are also dealing in a different time period, and I'm not sure if that also hinders writers on what they can show right i mean spice with the pikes was how many years ago with the clone wars and and uh, uh rogue one right if yeah. i'm remembering that correctly solo no, a bit. Uh, solo. yeah um but make it make it like they're smuggling guns into the city and that's gonna make it more dangerous not hey there's this spice that we don't we're, we're assuming what it is but we haven't really seen it in action so that's that's so I get I get where Nick's coming from, but I also think they could just they could have switched it up. Yeah, yeah I know they're never I know they're never going to do it. It's crazy, <laughs> but it would be cool. Yeah, if this is on if it's on Hulu, maybe you get that. Maybe in the future. No, no way. Actually, no. But... No. Anyway, so we get we move forward a little bit in the action here, and we see that remember the dinner in season four, in episode four, their mind is in the preview about it of how the three crime families say, "Oh, we're going to stay neutral. We're going to stay out of this." Shocker, they end up siding with the Pikes and they ambush all of Boba's forces here. So 
the couple of the of the mods get shot. They end up having to get back in the corner. Black Cave is to get swarmed by Trandoshans and R.I.P. Dragomorian guards. Nick, they get pushed off the edge of the ledge and basically just fall to their death. We don't see it, but brutal way for them to go. That's a sad, sad death for them. Yeah, no other way to put it. They they they're loyal. They stuck by Boba's side the whole time, and they tried their best. Sad to see them go. Yeah, Pete, I kind of... But you saw it coming a mile away that everyone was going to turn on him. Like, this is what you are saying earlier. Like, this is the, wor- the worst-kept secret ever in this show. And Mandalorian 2, to Pete's point, the only things that were a surprise were Cad Bane and Luke. Yeah. Even Ahsoka, they announced, you are got to go see Ahsoka. Like, <laughs> nothing's been really a shocker so far. Well, Bo-Katan was a shocker, too. Uh, remind me of the content. When she, shows show up, up. She, she shows up in Mando season two, you have no idea who she is until like she takes her helmet off. But didn't they announce that this late that she was playing Bo Katan in the season beforehand? I think, I think they I'm did. pretty sure they did. Yeah, they did. So in the show's aspect, it was a surprise, you're right. But in the viewer aspect, it was not. Oh, the one other thing that was a surprise was the Darksaber being in Moff Gideon's possession. That we that we had no mm-hmm. idea was coming. Yeah, definitely that. That's a huge one too. And and it, I and I, I guess the pure existence of Grogu. Yeah. I, yeah, that's the biggest secret of them all. But Pete, I think in terms of once we made clear we're getting the ambush here, I think for them, they had made a creative choice. They do have to kill somebody to make it be serious. Not going to kill Black K because he's too cool and he's going to be in other stuff, I'm sure. So the choice was either some, one of the cyberpunk kids gets gunned down or the Gamorreans get thrown over the ledge. And I think they just chose to throw the Gamorreans over the ledge because they can't talk. I think I think it's a choice you can understand. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. I just want to throw a little tidbit information, which I find interesting. So you say that the dark saber, obviously, in Moff Gideon's hands, was a surprise, and maybe even the dark saber at all was a surprise for the Mandoverse. I remember when I went to Disney World in Disney Springs, they have a virtual reality kind of experience, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to Disney Springs and have done this. Um, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, it's not in like Hollywood Studios; it's in Disney Springs. It's a VR course, and they have a Star Wars version. Well, at the end of that Star Wars uh, VR experience. Uh, the dark saber is present and you see that. And I just, I experienced it maybe a year before the Mandalorian came out. So I wonder if this is something that's been talked about in any sort of experiences or any way in Disney or even in general in companies that, Hey, we should be starting to incorporate the dark saber in star Wars stuff. But anyway, I digress. Um, now I forgot to just repeat the question again, Mike, I was so fixated on the dark saber thing. Yeah, basically, Hit all the points you Okay, so basically, we're saying here is that once we have Boba's Force all scatter and they all get ambushed, somebody has to die, and they chose the Gamorreans because they're pretty much like they can't talk, and the Cyberpunk kids and Black Kid they probably had plans for. Right. Yeah. So, so I think it was it was fair. Um, I also want to piggyback on the point that you guys said that like this guy's a bounty hunter. Does he just always trust random people? Like, I don't. Don't they like live on the? I don't work for anyone. I don't trust anyone. I just worry about myself. How do you not see this coming? How, how are we not thinking in the back of our heads, okay, this is a possibility? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, you know, back to your original point, it makes sense for the um, guards to pass uh, to, to pass on and, and not like Cyberpunk Power Rangers. But uh, poor planning on the character's part, not on the writer's. Yeah, I figured you would approve because I know you hate the scene where some of the characters can't talk, so. Yeah, I mean, well, but I, you know what the funny part is? I had no problem with them. Yeah. Because we didn't have a full episode with them. They're and on, there was just talking. You know, 
if they're supplemental, fine. But if they are the whole episode, we have a problem. And I, I'm sure Nick agrees with me with that. Oh, yeah, definitely do. You could have killed, like, you notice how there, how many Cyberpunk Power Rangers are there? Four? I think there's four main ones. But we only really see two, you know? Yeah. You see the guy with the eye and the girl. I don't even know what her power is. Is it her arm or something? I think it's her arm. Yeah, you don't like the other two. We barely saw us from the since the episode they were introduced, which was I believe episode three. Yeah. So you could have killed those other two off, but I'm totally fine with the idea of killing those other characters off because you can literally replace them with two more identical people, uh, identical Gamorrean guards, and no one would even know. Yeah. I'd like to, if you don't mind, Mike, I'd like to add a point to the, the scenes where everyone's starting to get ambushed, yeah. right? Did one of the Cyberpunk Power Rangers have to do a spin move before? Yeah, he- ridiculous. <laughs> Did anyone like, I mean, Nick caught it, but like he's protecting Black K and he was like, we're getting shot at spin move and then I'll shoot. Like, I yeah. don't think anyone ever thinks that way. That was ridiculous. Whoever made that scene up and told him, you know, be really cool is if you as you're getting shot at, you spun in place, didn't move at all, didn't dodge anything, just spun and then shoot. I think that's later in the episode. I feel like it's because they haven't linked up with Black K yet. We'll definitely touch on that again. But Nick, I do feel like it's a little bit out of the Black Widow playbook where Yelena is saying to Natasha, like, why you always do those flips? Like, they don't add anything to your to the uh, fight here. Yeah, it does. And and just so Pete knows, he's not alone. Like, I, I saw I found an entire article on the spin on the spin move <laughs> just now. I like, posted at ten fifteen this morning. Like, people like made no sense. Like, what was the point? You he was already there. Like. One thing we do a 180 because you turn around. He did a 360 to end up in the same position he was already in. Yeah. Did he get leverage or something? Like, uh, he got speed. The bullet yeah. came faster because yeah. he spun. Yeah. yeah so anyway, that's yeah, no right, sense. I thought it was the same same scene. So my apologies. Yeah. No problem. We'll get to them we'll get that again later. And also at this point, Fanny comes out of the play on the fly. Boba says, "Hey, can you get to Mos Eisley?" And she she goes she goes she frees the snipes off a bunch of the assassins trying to kill the Cyberpunk Power Rangers, lets them go back to Boba, then she's gone for the rest of the episode, so a bit disappointing, obviously. I guess strategically you need to have Fennec take care of what she does at the end of the episode, but Nick, they definitely could have used her either way. They could have used Fennec, but I don't have any issues with Fennec disappearing here. Yeah. Because she's really, really cool, yeah. Fennec. So if she's there, she's going to steal some spotlight. Yeah. So she's gone. It gives other people a chance to shine, and she's not off doing nothing. She's doing something important. So I think everyone wins. Yeah, I think everyone does too. And then while this is going on, we are left with Boba, Mando, and the mayor's sister stuck in the sanctuary. And we see the pikes coming up here. And we have the, I think, Pete, this is my favorite part of the entire episode. I think it was the conversation between Boba and Mando in the, like, in the sanctuary where they're talking about, it. he's like, hey, you know, like, you can go too. It's like, you don't, like, you don't have to see this out. This is going to be a disaster. And man is like, like, no, I made, I promised you I would help him here to the end. And then Bob was like, do you believe in that creed? Like, like that stupid creed. Basically, he said yeah. BS in Star Wars language. Yeah. Yeah. He said BS in Star Wars language. He said, believe that BS creed. And Bob was like, Bino says, yes. Bob is like, I'm glad somebody does. So I thought that was a very fun conversation. The two very different sects of the Mandalorian people, Pete. I mean, I'd like to argue that the scene directly after that is better. I, I agree. The scene, I the scene really, is, more, is more fun. Yeah. Well, no, not even just the scene, like the mayor's assistant scene. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he's, he was great. Yeah, um, he's hilarious. I would, I would say to, to stick, to stay on point. It was a little cookie cutter for me. 
the only reason why I say that is because I kind of expected the Mandalorian to say that. I don't think the Mandalorian was like, okay, peace. I'm bouncing. Like I, I, I kind of knew he was going to stick around um, a little cookie cutter, but it works. Uh, no problems with it in the episode or, or, you know, showing a little bit of mortality to the hero of that is the Mandalorian. And I guess in this case, Boba Fett, because it is his show technically. Um, so fine with it. But I, I think the scene immediately after with the mayor's assistant just just takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, Nick, any thoughts Mike, on that chat? I, 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 yeah, I, I think that Mando has a lot to learn from Boba. And I think that's the kind of the theme of this Mandoverse so far is getting away from what you were born to do. And I'm going to get into this a little bit later in the episode, but Mando is born, or excuse me, Boba is born into being a Mandalorian for his father, the bounty hunter, and he's getting away from that. Grogu was born to be a Jedi and follow the ways of the Force. He's getting away from that. I see the same thing happening with Mando in the future, too. And I think it's just kind of the message, the overall theme is what you're born into does not make who you are. And you can become whoever you want to be. And I think that the Mandalorian, that's the point of the show. Like Grogu already made that choice. Boba already made that choice. Mandalorian has not, or excuse me, Din has not made that choice yet. But I think more and more time that goes on, you can see he's becoming frustrated with the Creed. They kicked him out of the Creed. I think at a point he's going to say, all right, I don't need you guys. And we'll, we'll get there at the end of, the, I think, the end of the Mandalorian. But I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, I think so, too. And then as you get, you mentioned the mayor systems in the room, too. So they're basically talking strategy, Boba and Mando. They say, okay, we have two options here. Either we uh, basically walk out, like, surrender and let this be over, or we just go out guns blazing right now. And the mayor system in the back room is like, I have a third option. And it's like, my option is, like, we negotiate with them, and I'll be your emissary. And Boba's like, great idea. Bring me a tablet. And he just fills out a tablet. We send the mayor system out to talk to the pikes. And then... He's reading the tablet, P. It was so funny. He just sees his face like, oh, I was not expecting this. And then he's like, the pack's like, just read it. He's like, are you sure I can sum up? Like, just read it. And he's like, I will give you nothing. Go away. This was so funny. Best scene. <laughs> I, 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 we, the mayor's assistant has grown on me since he was away from the mayor. Yeah. I, I think his character as annoying as he was in the beginning of the season is now just the funny guy of the season. Um, I hope we see more of him in some other form, right. Or even his character in some other show, maybe the Mandalorian, whatever he, it was just, that was a funny scene and it wasn't even a trying hard to be funny scene. It was just like, this guy thinks he's like, for lack of a better word, the shit. And he's like, I'm going to go talk to them and I'm going to make it. And Boba's like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it. And then he goes and does it. And he gets pretty much pie in his face and almost shot because of it. And it's it's hysterical. Yeah, yeah. I like how he says, I studied on Coruscant, not that I'm better. Like, he really <laughs> made a good... He made me of it. I almost, I almost think if you went back to the beginning of the show and watched it again, knowing who he becomes, we might actually... Like, if we hated him in the beginning. We might actually enjoy him and think he's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you learn about a character, you watch a sitcom or whatever. Like you you watch Seinfeld, you you watch the beginning, and you're like, who is this guy who opens the door all crazy? And then you go back and watch season one again, and you love the Kramer moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like, and obviously he's not Kramer. He's not as funny as Kramer, but he, um, yeah, I, I think it would be something where if you go back, you might actually get a couple laughs out of it. 
Yeah, considering Boba is trying to go straight here and help the people of Tatooine run a pretty normal, civilized society, like, maybe there's a place in his empire here for the mayor's assistant to, like, work for him and become a new sort of uh, political figure in this in this new society. I think he would be a great replacement to the droid <laughs> that uh, Boba has. Yeah. I think if we get a season two or if we get the same characters in a different season of a different show, if they just kind of merge it, let's say into Mandalorian, I think that would be the perfect, perfect place for that character to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think, I think also state Robert he's a work for Boba in the future. I'm calling that shot right now. You know what I would have liked to see? I would have liked to see um, when they were it's by the door, you know, he, Boba's like, you don't have to do this. And man, I would have liked, he's like, you could have died. You could die out there. I wanted Mando to go. I'm not going to die. I have a season three. I <laughs> like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna. Like, know, I'm not gonna die. I'm signed on for another season. Yeah, it's like, like everyone knows. Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna die. I plot armor, Pete. Yeah. I mean, literally. That, literally, I mean, he does say that. He's like, we have armor. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Could the extra mile and said, like, listen, we got we're protected by season three. We'll be fine. Yeah. And now we start getting into the action because now they take the next like 35, 40 minutes. They put us just straight fight scenes and. We start out here, we get both Boba and Mando using the jetpacks, flying out, sniping off a bunch of these pikes, and we end up getting the spot. We knew that I think Nick called, like, had Boba and Mando fighting back-to-back and trying to take down pikes. I saw Pete rolling his eyes, so we'll go to you first on that one. Uh, first of all, wow. What an awesome scene. Like, such an awesome scene. That is my favorite scene of the whole whole season. Yeah, honestly. Um, but what bothers me is that when we're looking at the current timeline, I'm not sure from current timeline sakes, not in the flashbacks, I'm not sure how much time passes from episode one to episode seven. Well, why didn't he think to use his jetpack in episode one, but flew it like a master in episode seven, which we've only gotten between episodes one and seven about two and a half hours max of current timeline action. Where what, I mean, not to be rude, but like did the back to tank fix brain damage where he just forgot how to be a a bounty hunter? Like what happened that in episode one, he's incompetent and can't do anything to episode seven, where he's literally the badass that we were waiting for Boba Fett to be the entire season. Nick, I think they told us. I said that now he's fully healed the back attack. Now he can knows everything. I guess so. Yeah, but I completely agree with Pete. Amazing scene. It was awesome to see. It reminded me like them going back to back of like um, when Mace Windu and Obi Wan went back to back and Attack of the Clones. It kind of reminded me of when um, Iron Man and and his wife went back to back in Endgame. Like it just. Cool scene. The back-to-back shots in action is awesome. And it's like us two against the world, kind of everyone coming from every direction. They're spinning around. They shot one guy like 20 times when he was falling. They kept shooting him too. I don't know why they hated that one guy, someone specifically. But, they, you know, they that's what we wanted to see, and we got to see it. So I can't complain we got to see it, but why didn't we see more of that? Why did we have to wait until halfway through the finale to see Boba be a badass in the current timeline? We yes. saw him gun down all the bikers, which now looking back, he gunned down innocent bikers. It's kind of messed harsh. up. Kind of messed up. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, kind of. And he, you know, he was he and he beat, and he beat them up in the bar too. He that's all he did in the in the past time. I was beat up, uh, beat up on on bikers. But it was awesome to see, and the whole fight was really really well done. And I think that a lot of people have a criticisms of all the Robert Rodriguez episodes, and I don't disagree. But at the end of the day, the action sequences in this in these in these episodes have been really good. Yeah, and there wasn't many. There weren't many action sequences in episode one or even three, if I remember. But the action, he does a really good job directing the action. It just doesn't feel complete. Yeah. It feels underwhelming at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And then we go far over. They're basically in trouble. We see they're getting overrun by pikes, and all of a sudden, the cavalry arrives. Pete, the Freetown gang is here. No cop vamp because he's dead. But we get our weak bartender friend being the leader of the, of the gang here. So. Nice, nice to get them all in the mix here, and they and had them join Team Boa for this fight. Yeah, no, I I think it was great, especially after, you know, the bartender was not really about it, right? He was probably one of the uh, many that were saying this isn't our fight. Like, yeah. why should we join? Um, if I'm remembering correctly, and to to have them there uh, is really good. Uh, people of Freetown, not bad actors or characters in this show. Um, they did really well. I have no problems with them showing up even though Cobb Vanth is dead. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it was a good addition. I think they did the right thing by not wasting that whole sequence just to put Cad Bane in, right? Like if yeah. they would have wasted the whole sequence of Freetown just to have an opportunity to have Cad Bane and they didn't show up again, it was just like, okay, you just made an excuse to show Cad Bane where you could have showed him somewhere else. Again, like have to go through all that trouble. So um, I'm glad they at least capitalized on it. Yeah, Nick, I'm very glad I gave Cobb Vanth the MVP point last week because he clearly inspired these people to think of more than just themselves and be selfless and help others because his, him getting gunned down inspired them to, you know, we're going to go help Boba take care of these of this pike problem because that's what Cobb Vanth would have wanted us to do. Yeah, you're right. And they also had a little bit of a, um, like a mini subplot with those characters and the cyberpunk people, like not trusting each other and then gaining trust, which is kind of like, a, you know, I don't like the way you handle your business. We don't like the way you handle your business. But at the end of the day, we're all citizens of Tatooine. We want Tatooine to thrive, which I mean, it's, you know, the common enemy thing, which I really don't think is a lesson we need to be telling people anymore. We get it. It's been happening since wars have existed. You team up on the common enemy. You don't like they don't need to keep. It's not just Star Wars. Everyone shoves that in our throat, down our throat all the time. The common enemy, the common enemy, like we get it. You know what I mean? Like every, every story seems to have a common enemy in it. Yeah, they do. And then they show up, they help turn the tie. We see the pike start running. And then from eight, we're like, oh, wow, we won. Great. And then the second wave comes. And Pete, we get these giant uh, Scorpionic Annihilator droids. I think the name is too complicated. I think they're basically, they're giant destroyer droids. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Um... I think that it makes sense, right? They're a big syndicate. They they got money. It, it, it almost seems like they would have the tech as well. Almost kind of gave me um, separatist vibes because they really liked using droids to do their dirty work, right? Um, but it was it was cool. It was cool to see a droid that they had to go up against. I don't think we've seen that kind of arc um, to that magnitude in a while. So it was good. Yeah, Nick, what do you think about the the uh, giant destroyer droids we had? They're really cool. They like kind of brought me back to the prequels a little bit with those shields. Yeah, 
you know, and 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 it, it definitely makes for a better fight because if they're just regular droids, kind of easier to kill them and like, you know, and it's not that big of a deal. But I did notice about the battle in general, because none of this was like CGI, or I'm sure there was CGI in the battle, but you know what I mean. Like the char- the, the characters, the people were all real people. It feels like a much smaller battle. Yeah. So when you watch, like for example, episode one. Uh, Phantom Menace, and you see that battle at the end with the droids versus all the Gungans. It looks like a real war. This looked like a little battle in the road. Like, remember in Rogue One, you had a little standoff battle. It was like, I don't know, like a five-on-five battle. Yeah. It kind of felt like that. It's a small, like a smaller-scale battle because everyone's real. So I appreciate that everyone's real, but at the same time, then it makes it seem like it's not even that big of a deal. So I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I like some things about it, but I don't like some things about it. Yeah, I also forgot to mention that at this point, Black K comes running back as well. Like, he's coming in. He start, He gets hit with tons of blasts from the Pikes. The Cyberpunk kids are, get him back, and they get him into the mix here. And then at this point, everybody sort of splits up because the one of the giant droids is chasing the Freetown people, the Cyberpunk kids, with, with Black K. And then Mando draws the other one away. And while Boba goes off to go, he says, go get more health. And Mando's like, we have nobody else. Like, don't worry, I got this. And while... He's gone. Mando is off doing his own thing. And all of a sudden, we see Pelimano riding into town, one of those uh, droid carriages. And Grogu is there. And, I mean, I'm glad we got the reunion, but I think this is probably the most ridiculous way possible to do it, Nick. Yeah, way too, way too soon, in my opinion. Like, yeah. you see, like, the hug. It, 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 was, it was nice. It, you know, because in our, in our life, you know, in their life, I don't know how long it's been. It could be three weeks. It seems like it's been like a few months, yeah. if you'd ask me. But I don't know. But for us, it's been a little over a year. And how much better would that be if it was a little over two years? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I just, Yeah, a little disappointed in the fact that it seemed rushed because, like, to me, the big reveal of seeing Luke Skywalker was a big deal because besides the sequel movies, which we saw Jake, not Luke, we hadn't seen Luke since 1983. So, like, wow, it's been this long since I've seen this character. And even if you do, you know, include the sequel movies, it's been a long time. And you no one expected to see him. This is that that adds to the buildup. Like, that's why I love the way Disney does their episodes weekly instead of just like Netflix, just throw them all out there because it really it ruined the hype. And I think. That, but it was still OK hype because for us, it's been a year. Yeah, Pete, like, did it bother that we got him in the middle of the episode here? We got this where Mando's trying to fight this giant droid. He's trying to use the Darksaber. It's not really working. He's trying to lead away from the town. And all of a sudden, Pelibok and I'm like, hey, Mando, like, look who's here. I'm like, this is like so out of place in the middle of this gigantic battle. I mean, she's the type of character that would be out of place and just kind of sticking her nose in when at the wrong time, right? It's just like, hey, I brought Grogu. Holy crap, that thing's blowing up the city. Okay, yeah. maybe not the best time that I did this. Um, I said it in the beginning of the episode. I'll say it again. I don't think Grogu needed to be in this episode. I, I think that at the end of the episode, if you find out, or even in the beginning of Mandalorian Season 3, you find out what his choice is. Um, <clears throat> I think that's good enough i don't think we needed needed him for the episode to make it successful i understand why the writers wanted him in because everyone loves the child everyone loves grogu that's what brought almost the whole mandoverse to to be as popular as it is um 
for the non-Star Wars community, at least for the most part, because they saw, oh, it's Baby Yoda. Everyone knew Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby, Baby Yoda. I, it doesn't bother me, but I just, I didn't need to have him in the episode, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I will add also one thing here that I think is interesting here, Nick. I'm, I'm going to get this here. Like, we see the droid blow up the, uh, the cart, the cart that uh, Pelly Ma was riding in, and I, and I've been very critical of this on this on some of Rodriguez's shot choices. Like how ridiculous that little slow mo shot with them all like flying in the air like this, like ah, like I'm like this is just so out of place. Like what are we doing here? Yes, thank you, and I will definitely be getting to that later when we talk about our trackers and MVPs, LVPs. That's something that I personally hate. We'll get into it. And there's something I want to share with the group also when we get there, something I read earlier that I just think is absolutely crazy. But we will definitely get into that. Yeah, Pete, what'd you think of that ridiculous shot? We saw of like everybody just sort of like slow motion flying middle of the air. That was just absurd. Have we gotten slow motion in any of the Mandalorian seasons or Book of Boba Fett? I'm trying to think if we have. The closest like we- might have been that slow the close by been that chase with the mayor assisted episode three might have a little bit in there at some points. I mean, that whole chase was slow motion. I mean, they were going what, like 25 miles an hour, maybe. Um, no, I, it, it's a weird look for star Wars. I, I feel like you don't see a lot of slow motion star Wars stuff. Come to think of it. Like, I really don't think you see that, but I, I could be, I could be completely wrong. Uh, I'm not really the good. Only thing I can think of that's in slow motion at all. I think or the flashbacks in the last Jedi. Well, what about what about the throne room scene with Snoke? Do they have some slow mo? Oh, they do. That's, that's slow mo. Yeah, so it looks like just the last Jedi has slow mo, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, it's just weird to see in Star Wars. I'm okay with it. I mean, what other what other action series or action show doesn't have it? I mean, made it a little cheesy, you know, getting having the explosion in the background and then them flying away from it and catching Grogu. It's fine. I mean, do they need it? No, but it's fine. It just looked hokey to me. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it just it's cheesy. It just doesn't look it doesn't look like Star Wars. Like I said, I don't think there's really been any slow motion Star Wars except for The Last Jedi and now this. So it, I get it. Yeah. And then we finally get we see Boba. I see Mando is in trouble. He's got Grogu and the Super Destroyer droids coming in. And lo and behold, Nick, Boba Fett is riding the Rancor. It was prophesied in episode three. No Danny Trejo this time, but he is riding the rancor. Yeah, I have three issues with this. Three. Number one, you're making the world feel way too small, which is a huge problem in Game of Thrones season seven that I will not get into in specifics because I know you guys haven't seen it. But long story short, someone goes from one side of the the country to the other side of the country and back in like 10 minutes. And it's like, well, how did that happen? That's number one. Number two, Danny Trejo says to him, this requires a lot of training. You can't just ride on one. He just rides on one. And if he did train, we didn't see it because he wasn't in the last two episodes. And number three, he's literally says after the, the power Rangers tell him, yeah, I'm not going to leave. He agrees with them. Says, I'm not going to leave this city. I'll stand by my people. He literally leaves 10 minutes later and then comes back with something else. So he left. He's riding it without training and he came back all within 10 minutes. 
Yeah, I can tell you're frustrated here, but Pete, let's let's reflect on some of Nick's points here. I think number one, I think obviously, not gonna get into the Game of Thrones and all the small world thing. I mean, we can I think we can safely assume that you know most of that was close enough to Jabba's palace. He probably could have made the commute. Especially he's jetpacking one way. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, and I get where Nick's coming from completely, 100 percent about making. I want to say the map because I'm a video game guy. Yeah, but the world's smaller. Um, I mean, Rancor seems like a pretty powerful beast, right? Maybe it can run really, really fast compared to what the world is, right? I mean, um, it's also bigger, so their strides are bigger. Like, I, you want to get technical? If I'm walking the same distance as an ant, the ant's going to take a longer time to walk that distance than I do because I have bigger strides. So maybe it's possible, but I. I you know, stuff like that, I never really nitpick at. I never really go, well, how the Rancor come? I usually just say, like, ooh, the Rancor. You know, I'm just yeah. like one of those guys that just doesn't really think about why. It's just, oh, it's there. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense, though, for that for that that point that Nick makes. You know, the the don't make the world seem smaller when you're doing a Star Wars show, especially because it it's supposed to be a multi-world kind of show. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of the training aspect as well, I'll also throw out here that in terms of the training, again, we we saw Boa Fett for a great total of 30 seconds and two hours. So how do we know the entire SDI wasn't just taking uh, Rancor lessons with Danny Trejo? So so that's the thing. Poor planning again. Uh, said it before, I'll say it again. They just had stuff that they left just cliffhanger on. They just had to like make it come to an end and go, oh, I guess he can ride the Rancor now. So um I just think it was poor planning on the show. And they just were like, we brought the Rancor in. We kind of have to have it in the finale. We can't just have a Rancor sit there for the season and not do anything. I bet you he did train with him in those episodes, but that's something that we should see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we definitely should have gotten at least like us seeing him, him like with Danny, maybe issue with Danny Trey, where he can only do that one day. And he was there for like two scenes and that was it. But like, yeah, you couldn't, maybe you couldn't have just written something in like somewhere in the middle of like, I know you had a whole Mando episode in episode five. You couldn't have like five minutes of Boba Fett like working with Danny Trejo, like saying like, "Oh, like here's what how you ride the Rancor," and like here's how you get him to trust you. Like that would be nice. Well, I'm gonna just put this, and I know we're jumping ahead a little bit. So Boba Fett does eventually use that stick that he trained with with the Tuscan Raiders in the, in the show. Yes, I'm not gonna say what it is yet because we're not there. We spent four episodes learning about how he learned how to use that stick. We couldn't do one episode with a flashback about how he learned how to ride the Rancor. Yeah, it's definitely a, fair, a valid point here. And I will say can, also, can you say that remember the beast from episode one? Yeah. That him being on top of that kind of trained him for that. It's cheap. Or is it the holiday special being canon? I think it's more the holiday special being canon. Yeah. Well, but Must see, be. Here's the yeah. I guess because he's riding the dinosaur. Yeah, I'm also gonna bring up another point here. I'm gonna share this tweet. I'm gonna share the screen here because I think this is an interesting point because Pete brought up the whole Danny Trejo thing about how he's talking about, oh, you know, you can ride the rank like you don't you train to ride the rancor, so on and so forth. And we didn't see any of that training, but go here on Twitter from Bad Batch. Omega's riding a rancor of no training. What the hell is this, Pete? You know, well, it's a baby. Different. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. You didn't I, even like. You didn't even like the tweet. 
Hey, you know, it's funny. Omega is able to ride the Rancor without any kind of like, like anything to it. There's no like, I don't know what you would call those reins. It's not a yeah. horse, but, but I don't know. I'll be honest with you though. I think it's a lot cooler seeing Boba Fett like controlling the Rancor than Omega. Omega's just not really riding it. She's kind of just sitting on top of it at this point. I think, as you can see in the little shot there, this is from Bad Batch Season 1. And the joke here is obviously, oh, you know, like brother, like sister, they're both riding Rancor. So an indirect Bad Batch shout out. That is yeah. yeah, as far as the Rancor situation goes here, we have that going on. The Rancor comes in, wrecks, wrecks one droid. Then they go take care of the other droid. And then we get Cad Bane is back. Cad Bane sends his, chooses flamethrower to scare away the Rancor. We get the final showdown between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. And to Pete's point, he tells Cat Boba tells Cad Bane, like, you're old. Like, you don't, like, you don't have it anymore. And he's, I'm not a kid anymore. They have the quick draw. Cad Bane, I think Nick, I thought that was fun that he wins the quick draw. I thought, because he, he said nobody, no faster shot in the galaxy. I'm glad that lived up to that. No one could beat Cad Bane. The only way you could beat Cad Bane is training from the Tusken Raiders. And that's what we see. And to go back to my point earlier that this whole universe, the theme of it is that you're not, you're, you're not, I don't know how to word it. You know exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's like you, um, you, you yeah, you like you can, you, you can make yourself. Yeah, it's like you're not limited to what your original plan was. You can, you can change at any time. Yeah. And there, there you go. That's to me a, the prime example of that. And Cad Bane, though, you know, we see Boba strike him down. Yeah. So, quick yes or no's from both of you: Is Cad Bane dead, and will we never see him again? I'm going to say yes, he's dead, and no, we will see him again. See him again, like after this? So no, because you're saying he's dead. You mean see him somewhere else? See him somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, I'll get more specific. I think he is dead, but we'll see him in in um, in uh, Obi Wan. Okay, make an appearance. So I think he's dead too, but I see a lot on the internet that he's not, and because and they say that because something on his chest is flashing and beeping. Yep. To me, that means nothing. But they're saying that it could either mean a he's alive, or b it's calling someone, his droid friend. Where's that droid friend of his, by the way? To be like, hey, he's in trouble, and then he goes in a back to tank, and then him and Cobb Van, both being in back to tanks, come out and have a cyberpunk war, which I think is absolutely absurd. But that's what is people were saying on the internet is that they're not convinced he's dead. All right, before we get to that point specifically, I will sort of wrap up here where Cad Baby says, "Hey, like I know you're a killer. You can't go straight. Like you like, accept your destiny." He gets Boba down, and then he basically rips his helmet off and says, "Hey." Last piece of advice for you. I'm your mentor. It's like, it's like always look out for yourself. And before we get the shot off, Boba Fett trips him up with the gaffy stick and then impales him with it. So he is dead. And I think to the point that Nick and I discussed this earlier, I think there's two problems with the, is he dead? Is he not thing? Because obviously it doesn't help that Robert Riggins makes the another questionable choice with the shot. We have that really, really weird overhead look at him. You're slowly panning to the dirt in front of Cad Bane. I think that's a very weird choice. It lets you see the beeping on his chest. I think there's two problems here. Option A, he's dead, which makes sense. But then again, you brought one of the best characters in Clone Wars into a live-action show for two episodes to kill him. 
Problem B, and problem B is if he's alive, great, because he's an awesome character. It'd be great to see him again, but you ruin one of Boba Fett's best moments in this show, where, like, he has, like, his high moments that he finds a way to overcome Cat Bane. And P, I think neither option is great. I'm still pissed off that Cad Bane killed a Jedi but got beaten by a stick. Like that that's I understand he's older, but like that was the only gripe with this for me is that he's the quickest shot. He killed a Jedi. I think I think Nick, you brought up he's the only bounty hunter to ever kill a Jedi. Yeah, I think so. And he gets beaten by a stick. So maybe a testament to his age because he's just super old for his species. I, I don't know. Literally the only gripe I have with Cad Bane, I love Cad Bane's character in this uh, show. I texted you guys this off um, off the podcast, right? I was watching the show. The, show, the teeth on Cad Bane this episode, for some reason, looked better. Yeah. They changed something up or not, but the teeth were not as distracting. I think it looked a little more natural. Um, it was just the angle we were seeing Cad Bane at for that episode. Um, it's a possibility he's still alive. I mean, like you said, Mike, the point I would take the option I would take more likely of, of being pissed off at is like you bring one of the best clone wars animated characters that have not been in a live action. You bring it to live action for two episodes and that's it. So um, I'm, I, I think the option that you, I think that last option you had probably points toward he's not dead or we'll see him in earlier shows. Maybe we'll see him in Ahsoka. Maybe we'll see him in uh, Obi-Wan. Maybe we'll see him somewhere else in a live action. I, I don't know, but um, Lando Lando. I, look, if he's not dead, I hope he's in Mandalorian. Like I hope there's some sort of like incorporation of Cabane Bane because he has been my favorite live action Star Wars character for the newer series. And again, that's only been two so far for live action, but still, um, yeah, it's it's like I said, my only gripe is that he got beaten by a stick. But when you bring up that option, that point, like how do you bring Cad Bane in for two episodes or actually only like really like an episode in like a quarter, maybe or yeah. a third, not even a third, but like a, an eighth episode. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think we'll get more into like that in decision in the postseason feedback thing about the Cad Bane problem. I think that's something we'll definitely yeah. keep an eye on. But right so now, Mike, I, I think that Cad Bane gave Boba a chance to, in my opinion, save the show. He said, what's your angle? And Boba Fett said nothing. If he said something, I think it could have saved everything. I don't know what it could have been, but this whole show, I think the issue with it was... Rule with respect. It, yeah, well, yeah. But it was so <laughs> cookie cutter. It was so what you expected to happen. Everything. Uh, the only surprises at all were like, oh, Cad Bane died, I expected him to live. Everything else is like pretty much exactly what we thought was going to happen. So like, I think you had an opportunity there for Cad Bane to say that. And then Boba to be like something about like, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? It's like something about like, well, I want to be known as the best and then shoot him and kill him or something like that. Like some, I'm not saying that'd be good. Cause I don't, I'm not a writer. That's why I don't do that for a living, but something else, he gave him a chance to come up with something to twist it. And he didn't twist it at all. And the funny thing is, we see the flashback episode four, Peter. He gives a whole speech to Fennec about, you know, like, I'm tired of working for morons who get us all killed. Like, I'm making a safer place for us bounty hunters. He gives Cad Bane none of that. He basically says, like, I don't have an angle. I just want to help these people. Uh, 
missed opportunity. Gone soft in your old age. I couldn't believe how perfect that was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Is it fair to say that Cad Bane's a stronger character than Boba Fett in Boba Fett's own show? Like, I, I, I hate to say it that way, but it's just the character was not written well. Yeah. Opportunities left and right. Literally, literally. He could have just used my angle is to to be respected or yeah. to respect others or do the right thing for others. Like, he literally could have said anything, and that could have elevated the character even further, right? could have even had a flashback why not you have flashbacks the whole freaking season you could have had like a small flashback to understand his angle they missed the opportunity yet again and just cad bane just i don't know just keeps keeps impressing me with these two episodes yeah i also say in terms of like an irony out here cad bane probably outside of like separate generals like murders more clones than anyone in the clone wars he gets killed by the og clone nick i think that's, fun, that's a fun little angle to end his story it is. It's also it's a fitting ending for Boba because he keep, the whole thing with Cad Bane is, and I don't want to take this away because that it, it is really fitting. The whole idea is that you are your father. You're nothing more. You're gonna end up in the same step in the same footsteps as him. I was better than your father. I overtook him as the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, and he goes against all of that and gets the upper hand. Like using you know using the weapon of a tribe, saying there's more important things than bounty hunting. And being a mercenary, what's more important is having people who have your back. It was something you never understood. He says you always watch out for yourself. No, you have others watch out for you. And that's why he won. That's like the idea. So I like that aspect of the fight. Fight was a little short. Kind of reminded me of Obi-Wan and Maul and Rebels. Yep. Longer, longer than that, obviously. But it kind of reminded me of that. And sad to see him go. It's similar how it was sad to see Maul go. Yeah. Uh, Pete, that kind of reminds you of the Stewie Griffin family guy thing at, at opening day for the Mets. And he's like, here's the first pitch and the season's over. I was based on that fight. Yeah, it, it was. I, I still like the fight. Uh, I do great. agree, though, a little bit longer. Just one, I, I'd like to add one more thing about Cad Bane. A lot of people were giving the show crap for Cad Bane's live action appearance and how he looks compared yeah. to what he was in the animated series. I saw a meme and it makes sense that they were making problems with that, but everyone's okay with how they transferred over Count Dooku. Yeah, all, all the characters don't look different. All of them. Yeah. Right. I mean, for, for, for what they did with Cad Bane, I think it's phenomenal. Look at Palpatine. Right. Yeah. Dooku, so, all of them. Let's go on. So, yeah. So I just wanted to just add that little kind of thing I saw. I thought that was pretty funny. It's like people are making fun of Cad Bane, which is like, almost spot on you know when it comes to live action you can do a lot more with anime than you can do live action and and they're just totally fine with count dooku or even the emperor you know yeah for sure let's go ahead now to well like obviously the like cad bane going down basically ends the pike threat in mas espa but we still have the rancor on the loose the rancor is terrified we have the homage in some form of either king kong or godzilla where he's on the loose Mando is infinite, infinite wisdom size. So I'm going to try riding the Rancor. I saw Boa Fett do it, and I can do it too. And Pete, this did not go very well for him. Oh, he got wrecked. <laughs> he got messed up. And honestly, I like that. And the reason why I like that is because it shows that 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 Din is is human. You know, like it, the hero has a weakness. He's not perfect, but he can still try and he can still adapt and learn. And um. No plot armor there. 
yeah, no, no plot. I thought he was done for. I was like, <laughs> is this where Mando dies? And then we just have like the book of Mandalorian season three and it's just book of Boba Fett. Like what happens? Yeah, no, it was, um, it, that scene was okay to me. I think we'll talk about it in a second. I don't want to give it away before you bring it up, but I think there's a part that ruins it for me. Yeah. I, th- I think I know exactly what his problem is, Nick is like, we see that Mando gets thrown down and then we see Grogu walking out with all the swagger. He's like got a strut going on. Like he's feeling all like tough guy, sure of himself. And he used the force, put the rancor to sleep and then takes a nap next to the rancor. I think okay, I was a little bit like, what? No, I, I personally didn't mind it. Um, but I was, you know, I, if you have, if you have Grogu there, use him. And what else can you really do? Yeah. I was laughing at the swagger though, but he was just like swat, like swatting like he's a cowboy. I thought that was funny. It was funny. He's a funny character. He really yeah. is. And I, I think honestly it just comes down to money and that's why he's back. Yeah. Make a ton more money when he's involved in your show. So get him back on the show any way you can make turn. This is going to, it's going to turn into a Saturday morning cartoon the adventures of Grogu and Mando. Yeah. Like that's people want to see. That's where the money is. Yeah. Pete, what do you think of Grogu being the one to stop the rancor? I mean, I didn't think Grogu needed to be in the episode period, but I want to say it's cheap, but it's just like, yeah, of course Grogu saves the day. Like it's almost, it's almost like what Boba Fett and Mando did to like save the city was all wiped because technically Grogu saved the city because now he calmed down the rancor. That that's how I felt about the scene. I'm fine with Grogu being the one to help, but it almost like nullifies all of the fighting and all of the protecting they were trying to do before Boba Fett gets the rancor. Like, did you get that vibe? Like I got the vibe that this is the ending scene. Grogu saved the day. Like, no, he was in it for five minutes and just did this and stopped the rancor. Yeah, and he took a nap. And then took a nap. It, it almost like nullified every, every, all the work that the rest of the people, like, honestly, uh, Freetown, citizens of Freetown, like, I feel like Grogu, like, overstepped them because he was in the episodes. Like, I stopped the Rancor. What'd you do? Yeah. Like, uh, helped? You know, yeah. like, it, I don't know. I also didn't like, back to, like, maybe a half hour ago in the episode, when the girl has the little gun and she goes with that because of the big gun. No, we learned that size matters not. They should, should have used the little gun and the little gun should have worked. Yeah. That should have been the whole point. It was not, not yeah. Take the big gun. Yeah. You're right. This little thing's crap. No, that's the whole point of not the whole point of star Wars. That's one of the messages in star Wars that size matters not. Yeah. But they made it matter. They did make it matter. And Pete, I will also say the, the Grogu swaggering in here is definitely be the next like big uh, Star Wars meme. Oh, I'm sure it's a gift right now if I search for it. You know, with all the money and the budget that they spend on this show, I still find it hysterical that they can't make Grogu's walk a little bit smoother. It adds to the charm of Grogu. Like, I, it's like now it's just a thing, right? But like, I remember when I first saw the Mandalorian, I was, saw I was like, this is a puppet. Like, this is not. <laughs> Like they have money, don't they, Disney? Like I feel like they could do so much more with it. But it's just like now it's just like part of Grogu. It's like this weird kind of way he moves and it's funny. It's like he, he bops around. So um it's definitely a gift right now. It has to be. Yeah, Nick, I think the charm is that Grogu is a puppet and he's not like CGI. And I think he, he he'd be as cute if he's just a CGI in every scene. Yeah, no, people are people love him. People love him. And you know, I do too. So 
you know, uh, yeah, we, we talked about it already. I don't think he should have been in the episode. I agree with Pete, but he's here. Use him. There you go. And that's the end of the Rancor. Or at least the end of its terror. Yes, yeah, the end of the Reign of Terror. He's going to go back to Java's, to Boba's palace after the fact. And now we go go back to Fennec. We haven't seen about 35 minutes. And we go to the Pike uh, hub in Mos Eisley where the mayor's there and the gang heads are there and some Pikes are there. And you're like, the Pikes are like, okay, we're leaving the world now. We're, we're out of here. And the, and the mayor's like, what? What do you mean? Like, I want the money. And it's like, it's not profitable anymore. We've lost half our men in this fight. And all of a sudden we see snipe, 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 the mayor gets hung, and then the pike head gets stabbed by Fennec. This is probably the most badass piece of action in the entire thing. It's like literally take mirrors the scene a little bit of when Anakin kills all the separatist leaders in episode three, except except this is stealth mode. Yeah, Fennec's really, really cool. Yeah. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah, Pete, any thoughts on that scene? No, I think it was fantastic. I thought it was really, really cool. Uh I referenced this scene in the beginning of the episode that I did not expect the mayor to get hung. I yeah. feel like that's like a huge reach for Disney to do. You know, they're worried about spice, but they'll show like a steel cable going around the mayor's neck and then getting hoisted, uh, uh, hoisted up into the ceiling. I, you know, it, granted, you see that kind of stuff in like Pirates of the Caribbean, but like, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was not expecting that from a Disney show, um, no matter what the plot point was. Um, so, but it's still, phenomenal like awesome scene awesome like quick little two minute scene that just a nice little sprinkle on on top of the of the action yeah and i'll counter your point p in terms of like not just a disney thing but more of a star wars thing i mean episode six you saw princess leia strangle jabba with a chain so this is not completely unprecedented for star wars to like like uh asphyxiate their characters yes remember disney was not involved yeah but still not not unprecedented for star wars yeah, I mean, if you're if you're watching Star Wars as a kid now and, and you're seeing all the stuff that happens, like, you know, you get see Count Dooku be beheaded. I mean, it's not something that's not a reality. I just never thought that Disney for a Disney show in today's day and age would go that far. I just thought they would just blast them. You know what I'm saying? Like they went out of their way to say the mayor was going to get hung and not shot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that's where um i was like wow it wasn't disney it was the people who wrote the show but like i was just like wow it, i mean it's sick i love it but yeah, I, it was surprising it was surprising i didn't expect that to be the to go out of the way to be like the mayor's gonna get hung yeah nick i wonder if it's the fact that he's an alien makes it easier for them to do is not a person being hung maybe i mean, probably yeah because like probably you're not going around seeing hammerheads floating around that's right yeah and now we were led to be, you know after that we are led to believe that the streets of Tatooine are safe, and that's where we head next. Yeah, and we end the episode here. We see the streets of, of Mos Espa are peaceful now. We see that uh, Boba Fett and Fennec are basically treated with as like gods in the town. Everyone's like bowing to them. One guy gives a piece of fruit. All is great, and then we see the party at the end of the episode where Boba's like, I know this is for me, and we see Fennec and him. The rat droid is there, as Nick pointed out to me, and Black K and the cyberpunk kids are all there and we basically see that they're pretty chill and that's uh that's a wrap on book on Boba Fett season one for the most part. So Pete, this is how we ended it. Yay or nay. Um I'm gonna say both. And the reason why I say both is that the last three episodes saved the season for this for this show, in my opinion. Save the show. Um 
or the season, because I don't know if they're going to have more seasons this. Um, I don't think it was the best finale when it comes to Star Wars finales um, or even live action show finales of this caliber. Um, but at least they did the right thing and actually wrapped up what they started and kept the main characters that brought that were brought in to actually enhance the show, like the Mandalorian, um, Black K, even just the Cyberpunk Power Rangers. At least you're doing something with the characters you introduced, even the Rancor. So wasn't the best finale in my opinion but for what they were working with and what they had to i don't want to say fix but what they had to like explain at the end in an hour i think they did a pretty did a pretty pretty decent job yeah nick i was a little disappointed the mayor assistant was not part of this group um me too i'm also upset that this wasn't the last scene the last scene was mando and grogu in space i Really think that should have been flipped. Yeah, I mean, like, once again, this back up Pete's point. Mando stole Boba Fett's show, where we had we couldn't end on Boba being triumphant. We had to end with Mando and Grogu rocketing off into space. Yep, yep. And one of you had mentioned that earlier that the that the mayor's assistant is going to become his new like translator, if you will, or like protocol droid in the way three PO was for Jabba for that brief stint. That is perfect for him. Yeah, he, I really hope we see that at some point. And he's a job. He doesn't have a job anymore. The mayor's dead. Yeah, and he doesn't seem like he's, I don't know, in the beginning he was like, oh, we're keeping him hostage. Like, oh, you know, we don't like him, this and that. And now it's like, they, even they kind of don't hate him anymore, you know? But he's kind of like turned to the good guys, if you will. Yeah, he has. And we'll go down to our post credit scene, which this was definitely not a Volafet kills Bib Fortuna post credit scene. We see that Cobb Vance somehow... He's in the is in the back of the tank, and Thundercat is there to give him some cyberpunk stuff. And Pete, he's now Zordon. I mean, yay! I I, I may be underwhelmed because I don't know who Zordon is. He's the, uh, he's the Power Ranger mentor. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, look it, it, again, another missed opportunity. Is he the guy on the big screen? He's the guy in the tube. Okay, so so that is funny. I have to say that is funny. I didn't I didn't catch it, but what are we gonna get a Cobb Vanth show? Is the is the book of Boba Fett gonna turn to something where in the Mandalorian season three we see Cobb Vanth because Boba Fett says I don't know if I'm cut out for this. If Cobb Vanth instead of being the marshal of Freetown is now gonna be the mayor of 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 this area, I I don't know what it does for us. Yes, it shows he's alive. Kind of gives the same vibe that Cad Bane might be alive as well because you see them both down in the dirt, you know, whatever. It might be a little bit of foreshadowing that Cad Bane's still alive as well. But I don't I don't know. Like, I would have rather seen Cad Bane in a back-to-tank being resuscitated than Cobb Vanth, if that makes sense. Because at least we know, hey, this badass bounty hunter that we had from Clone Wars, he's going to be back somewhere as a live-action character, and that's awesome. Yeah, Nick, I mean, obviously, I mean, they have, they love Timothy Oliphant. They're not going to kill him off that easily, especially off screen. And now he's getting modded up, it looks like. So, like, what kind of cybernetics think we're getting on him the next time we see him? Because I, I think considering how recognizable Oliphant is, he's not going to want to cover his face in cybernetic stuff. He'd be like a, I mean, he got shot in the shoulder, so maybe like a new shoulder. It does something cool, maybe like shoot bullets out of it or something. 
I would think. But, uh, yeah, I was very, very underwhelmed by this. I thought there was going to be something really cool, and there was not. And I have to quick make a quick shout out here to our season, excuse me, our chapter four guest, Mike Pagan, told me to mention this at some point. He said, please mention that the credit song of this show just says Boba Fett over and over, and he finds it ridiculous. Yeah. But he wanted me to bring that up. Yeah, he did bring it up. And I, I also feel like, Pete, they mentioned several times, I think Cad Bane 2 says to, Bo, to uh, Boba Fett, you shouldn't have taken the Marshal's armor. I think they got to give him some sort of armor now with the uh, cybernetics. I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, you know, I think, who knows, maybe we'll have, like, a armor that looks like Mandalorian armor, even though it's not uh, Beskar. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't know. Maybe you guys can shed some light on it. I, I just don't know where they go from here with that character. Uh, you know, I don't want to see a character like Cobb Vanth, because he is a good character, just get killed off randomly in a show that he probably wasn't supposed to be in anyway. But, okay, like he has cybernetics now. Where where do we see him? Are we getting a book of Boba Fett season two? Because if we are, what the hell is that even going to be on? Because we barely even knew what this one was on. Uh is he going to be a Mandalorian season three with the cybernetics? Is this something to do with his own show? Maybe. I don't know. It, right now for me, it's just too early to tell if I should be excited or not. Nick, what I also throw in here before we wrap up on him, I'm very confused about is like, how long was it from when he gets shot by Cad Bane to end this battle? Because was he dead for two days and they throw him in the back of the tank and, Cy- and uh, Thundercat's going to fix him? Well, I, I think we're led to believe he just didn't die. And he was just severely wounded, or wounded. Yeah, I think. But I'm just not excited about it. It's not like a. I don't know. To me, a post-credit scene is supposed to be like a big reveal. Like the list goes on with the Marvel ones. You know what I mean? With how how impactful they were and how they brought so much hype. And then, of course, the Book of Boba Fett one with with um, Mando season two, like. This just didn't give me any hype. Like I like the character. Don't get me wrong. He's a great character. He kind of reminds me of Cad Bane, but a human and a good guy rather than a bad guy. He's an awesome character. I want to see more of him, but like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you brought a side character into a post-credit scene that showed that he didn't die. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, they did kind of tip their handle it when they said to Black K, like, oh, you can't use the back tank yet. Somebody else is using it, but. P, what about they did, instead of doing that, they sort of mentioned it in the main show, and then we had a little bit more of, we put Mando in the post-credits, where he and Grogu are flying off, and they're setting up their next adventure, and maybe we get a little tease about where they're going. I'm going to stick to my original theory or option. Show Cad Bane's alive. Yeah. Like, you could do a lot more with showing that Cad Bane is alive, maybe on a planet or somewhere that we can see potential in a different show or whatever. I you literally can set up a villain for Mandalorian season three by showing Cad Bane's alive. You can set up a villain for Book of Boba Fett season two if you show Cad Bane is still alive. So I agree with you. I think doing something with Mandalorian and Grogu would have been good because Grogu's where the money is, right? But I feel like they missed an opportunity to show that Cad Bane's going to be back in live action causing havoc. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go now to, I think we could wrap up the episode here. We're almost 90 minutes into this. So I want to get some other stuff before we get to our tracker. I want to touch on the Robert Rodriguez of it all. And I'm going to go put the Twitter up here. I did Robert Rodriguez was trending earlier today about 
Uh, people think he was the problem with Book of Boba Fett, how his style doesn't really fit. So I'm going to go to Twitter. I did a Twitter search on Robert Rodriguez. So good stuff here. Some tweets here from Devi. Spoiler for Ma- Clan Mando season three is next. And please no more Robert Rodriguez in any form for anything Star Wars. We'll go down here to the spin move Pete referenced from uh, earlier, which made absolutely no sense at all. Where he literally leaves Gro- uh, Black K there and just does a 360 spin to shoot a shot off. We have uh, this guy, uh, Edgar G. Flores, says Robert Rodriguez should never touch another SW project. Another one here, Matt Goyle, but Cole. Rodriguez is a bad director. The series needed two plus more episodes to flesh out Boa's motivation. Said they gave those episodes to Mando and basically undid season two of his show for unknown reasons, question mark. I love Cad Bane, but they wasted him by having him show up so late, so. I mean, it's, yes, they undid it, but it's not unknown reasons. The reason's money. Now you have Grogu, so we all know that's the reason. And for reference, Robert Rodriguez did episodes one, episodes three, and episode seven, which ironically, are the three lowest-rated episodes on Rotten Tomatoes. And he's basically the showrunner of this show, where, like, he's... Yeah. Because he, they basically put him in charge, because the way the production works here is Fa- John Favreau wrote the whole season. Dave Floney co-wrote episode six, the one he ends up directing here, and Robert Rodriguez directs three episodes, basically the showrunner the rest of the way. So he sets the vision for what's going on here. And, Pete, do you think that he was the problem with this show? No. I think the problem lies within the writing and what they want to do and how things get switched up. I think this problem happened with the sequels where they didn't have the same director for all three movies. Um, People want to do different things with their style. Some seasons it works. Some seasons, excuse me, some episodes it works, some episodes it doesn't. And I just, I feel like this was his strongest episode out of the three. I don't think this was a bad episode. I think this was good. I think the fact that they gave him episodes where they're like, here's the book of Boba Fett movie. Here's the Boba Fett movie. Make it into a series. You get to do like the first half of the show and you have to cover all this information. You know, maybe look, I'm not saying that you should blame the tools. You should blame the person using the tool. But sometimes if you don't have the tools available, the product can't be your best product. You can, you could still be skillful with those tools, but it sometimes still doesn't lead to a good product. And I just, I think that's what happens here. Um, I think he redeems himself a bit with this show because this episode, because look how awesome the fight scenes were. Cad Bane is amazing in this episode. I can't rave about him enough. Um, There are plot holes, but that's because the whole rest of the season didn't really fill them. It shouldn't be on the last episode to, to answer every single question. It shouldn't. And you never will be able to. And that's where, finales sometimes fail because there's so many questions that are left unanswered from the season. The finale looks like it didn't do his job because it didn't answer every single thing that people were looking for. Yeah. And Nick, I feel like in terms of the Rod Rodriguez thing, I feel like episode seven was his best episode because obviously like there was all the action in and he's an action guy. So I think if this, I wonder if this is more of a mismatch in terms of Lucasfilm picking him to be the showrunner here, where they basically ended up having it be a mafia show and, Having the guy doing the having the guy who's known for his action sequences run the mafia show was probably not a good stylistic match. Yep, and I mean I could see why they thought of it. He did the um, he did the episode in Mandalorian when Boba came back. 
like officially came back. He was in the pro. He was in like the post. Was it a post credit scene or just like an ending scene when he came back? No, he was actually in the episode. I remember he's fighting all the stormtroopers. He's laying them all the waste. No, 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 no. I mean, originally when he came back, when you just saw him in the desert, that was not him. He only did the episode where Boba actually reveals himself. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying. I was just asking if when Boba came back, that was a post credit scene, or if that was when, or if that was a um, just in the episode. I think it was like shown in the episode. I don't think we actually saw a ten okay, parts. But in space. either way, he did the episode. Yeah, that you're talking about when he fought the stormtroopers, and I think that was their idea. Okay, he knows how to handle this character because that episode was great. That might have been my favorite episode of all of Mandalorian. There was a lot of action, also. Yeah, so like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Let's have him do his own show. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with the decision, but now I do. I don't think he was the problem, though. So I know you have some strong feelings here. You want to tell you what you think was going on here? Yeah, so I have a bomb to drop here for everybody listening, everybody co-hosting with me who I've not told this yet. And I've come to a realization. For the last year plus, 14 months, we have all been under the impression that there's a Mando-verse that's going to be the big bad villain of Grand Admiral Thrawn because Ahsoka brought it up. But here's the bomb. There is no Mando-verse. There is no Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn is going to be a side character, maybe a villain in Ahsoka, because the point of the show is it's going to be her looking for Ezra. So he's just going to show up there, and that's why she wants to know who he is. So they only brought him up there because they want to tease the Ahsoka show. There's no Mandoverse. It's just the Mandalorian is going to be an ongoing show. There's going to be multiple seasons, a lot of seasons, I think. And Boba Fett might, you know, he might go for a few seasons. Ahsoka might go for a few seasons, sure. But the whole idea that we had of a shared universe with like an Avengers style team, that's not happening. It's just going to be Mandalorian with a couple side stories. And one of those side stories happens to be Thrawn. And to me, that is a huge, huge failed opportunity. You should have had Crimson Dawn in this show or Thrawn, or both, like Mike, you had predicted weeks ago that I thought was brilliant. And you can, you can listen to people like us complaining or whatever and say, well, you're just mad that your theory didn't happen. And although that is, of course, true that I'm upset that what I thought was going to happen didn't happen, I can't, make, I can't say that something's bad because it's not what I thought was going to happen. But what I can tell you is when a theory is definitely better and what the actual product was, that's a problem. Yeah, and Pete, I will mention here, Nick's got a point there. I, I do know they have said repeatedly in terms of these shows, and it's supposed to be this one, Mando, Ahsoka, and Rangers New Republic, which, again, we don't know what's going on with that. It's going to be replaced by something else because the whole thing with Gina Carano getting fired changes things. But I know that they're doing this interrelated story, interconnected story event, which we took as, oh, they're all going to be like sort of what we did in Netflix with the, the Defenders, where... Everybody got their own show. Then they had the Defenders show where they all teamed up and they all went their own separate ways again. I don't know if we're, how we're doing that. I wonder if now we're just going to have this whole universe that be, oh, it doesn't matter what the title of the show is. Everybody's going to show up in everybody's show. Yeah, I think... I agree with Nick, by the way. It's, it's, a, it's a huge failed opportunity. But I think you have The Mandalorian and then you have spinoffs of The Mandalorian. Exactly. Okatano is. This is what Book of Boba Fett is. They may make a Sabine show in years to come. They may make a Bo-Katan show. I don't know. But I think what it is, is the Mandalorian is going to have all of the characters. I think Sabine does show up in Mandalorian after 
or before Ahsoka Tano's show. Um, I think the Mandalorian becomes the avenue to which they can promote their other shows, but these characters will stay as base characters of the Mandalorian. I don't think you're going to see multiple, multiple episodes of Ahsoka and the Book of Boba Fett. I really don't. I think you may, excuse me, episode seasons. I think you may get two seasons max of Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka Tano. I really do. Because they're making way too much money and they have made so much popularity with the Mandalorian show. You cannot try to stray away and make people watch. Like, you're going to keep the bulk of it in the Mandalorian. And what they'll say is, hey, there's some Mandalorian plot points you're going to miss if you don't watch this side show, but it's still all about the Mandalorian. So they make you watch the Book of Boba Fett to understand why Grogu's back. But technically, the Book of Boba Fett's not really doing anything for you. It's just getting you to watch it so you can see what's going to happen next in the Mandalorian. So you're caught up to what starts season three. And they may do the same thing between season at three and four when Ahsoka comes out. Hey, watch Ahsoka Tano so you know what the Mandalorian is doing for the start of season four. Uh, granted, I think if they don't make Ahsoka Tano show Sabine and her trying to find Ezra, they really drop the ball if they don't do that. They really, really drop the ball if they don't do that. But I fully expect the Mandalorian Grogu to be in that show. Fully expect it. Yeah. Where do you think they're going? They're flying away in their ship. Where do you think they're going? I think they're going to Mandor. So do I. I hope. But what were you going to say, Mike? That's what I hope. Yeah, I do think that makes a good point. I do think, obviously, the Mandalorian is the cash cow. We've learned this very much. Based by the fact, they said also at the top, we mentioned several times, this is Mando season 2.5. And I think, obviously, yep. with... Pedro Pascal being more in demand as an actor, it's hard to book him for like, oh, every single year we have a Mando show coming out. So now, like you said, now you have, you can get him for like a week or two. Okay, he can pop up for a little bit in Book of Boa Fett. He can pop a little bit in Ahsoka. He can pop up in maybe in a Bo-Katan show. But like, you're continuing his story every single show where it's sort of like he's the interconnected story they're all following. Is it really that fast? Can they film like three episodes worth of stuff you think in two weeks? I have no idea. I'm asking you. I have no clue clue. Well, I mean, in terms of like him also, he's just doing VO where, where he's not actually, sh- unless he's taking a off, he's not on set. He can just really record his line and send it in. So I would assume he makes close to a million dollars an episode, right? Maybe half a million. He's got to be up there. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I know oh. the guy on the Big Bang Theory, you know, the guy, um, Jim Parsons. Yeah. He made $1 million per episode of that show. And that show went on for like 200 plus episodes. Well, yeah. man, it's probably sound that contract towards the end of the show once it got popular, but that's absurd to me. Awesome for him, but absurd to me. All right, we're going to put a pin in this one too. This is another one we're going to circle back to in the in the postseason feedback. We're going to discuss more on this point where we think this, this show is going. But now we're going to go ahead and do some of our trackers we do at the end of every podcast here. We're going to catch you up on what's been going on here. So... We're going to recap the character draft for the final time. And congratulations to Nick. He has won the Funko Pop figure here. His team, Nick here, Mando, three appearances, Cad Bane, two appearances. So he beats me by one point. So two out of nine of these characters showed up. But I'm excited for this. I haven't seen the Hondo Funko Pop yet, so I'll see it when I get it. I'm not going to look it up. I'm sure I can picture what it looks like in my head. And I got to find a spot to show it off. I don't know where where to put it. I feel like you can't see my desk if you're looking on the video here. But I'll find a way to display them on the screen. Yeah, I feel like this is a lesson learned for us for future show drafts where, like, especially if they're in this timeline, 
Prioritize the characters who started in Mando before any of the other stuff. <laughs> I'm just not betting with you guys ever again. <laughs> I feel just like gonna... I feel like your team has a better appear better chance than other shows, but I think we're gonna do new teams in the next show. Uh, I don't know. Right, better do new shows, do teams in the next show. I bet you looking at our list here. Well, Mike, you would dominate in the Obi-Wan show. Not that not that you would get a lot of points, but if anyone's getting points with you, there's zero percent chance that any either of us get points. Yeah, this is the Obi-Wan draft. I would have like I would have sure crushed it because Honda would definitely be there a lot. Maybe Bo Katan, he did date his sister, maybe. Probably not, but there's some connection at least. Yeah, we'll throw that in there. So that's the end of the character draft. Nick's getting a Hondo Funko pop figure. So congratulations again to Nick. We'll see if we one of Peter and I can win the next draft. And now we're going to go ahead. We're going to get into our trackers for the last time. So we'll go to the stuff we do here. The Honda tracker did not update the entire uh, season of Book of Boba Fett. 18 appearances overall, including his appearance at Galaxy's Edge. And Pete, we're just going to keep doing this every show until he shows up in live action. It's going to happen. He's, he has to. I. How do you put him in the new Disney World attractions and not have him show up at all? He'll be back. He'll be back. It's one of these, I think I'm calling either Obi-Wan or Lando he's appearing in. Obi-Wan makes the most sense. Yeah, him and Obi-Wan had a fun relationship, so I would like to see them again. All right. Bo-Katan also did not update 13 appearances. She was referenced in the show, but she did not appear, Nick. I don't think we've seen the end of her either. She'll definitely be in Mando Season 3. I know she's got a lot to say to him. Plus, I assume she shows up in Ahsoka at some point as well because she has a relationship with Ahsoka dating back to Clone Wars. Yep, probably. Because Bo-Katan also sends Mando her way in Mando 2, so they definitely have kept in touch over the years. Yep. Would right. not be shocked if we see her at least a few more times. All right. The Darksaber is now to 15 appearances. I changed the graphic to show Mando wielding the Darksaber appropriately, but here two appearances this season. So Chapter 5, Chapter 7. He got better with the, with the Darksaber this episode. He did. Um... I feel like we're not going to get the full like understanding of the dark saber and how to wield it until season three of Mandalorian, but still pretty cool to see. Yeah. I think Pete mentioned Sabine showing up here. Nick, do you think Sabine could give Mando a dark saber lesson? That's how he tear up for Ahsoka. That'd be cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I can't think of anybody else who would. Technically I guess. Yeah, I guess she can. I, I seems like she wants to take it from him. I guess Luke could have, but that ship is long sailed. It would have been nice, I feel like, if they had Luke abandon the way of the old Jedi and say, no, attachment's okay. It's the fear of loss that's the issue, not attachment. So, yeah, I mean, like, you could train with me, Grogu, but if you want to, like, come and go, you want to bring Mando by with your training, like, I'm okay with that. And then Mando could have tra been trained by Luke also, which would have been a nice way to show Luke's progression as a character to learn that the Jedi way was not what we thought is what we've learned from watching the Clone Wars that the Jedi were kind of corrupt, right? Yeah. Would have been nice, but I guess another thing that's failed opportunity. Yeah. Missed opportunity again. One opportunity did not miss the Mando character tracker, which is our most successful one in this show. 15 times we got a Mando character in this episode alone. We added Peli Mato for the third time in this show, Mando for the third time, Grogu again, Cobb Banth again. I forgot to mention last week, Apparently the weak way bartender was in season two, two of Mandalorian. So we got both his appearances on the board. So it's up to 15 total for the season. Yeah, we 
We just discussed it. This is a spinoff of Mandalorian and nothing more. Yep. Next up here, animated characters. We're up to five total here. The rat droid came back, and we got Cad Bane for another time. So, P5 character appearances from the animated shows. Would have been cool to have more, but I think we're probably just going to get more and more in the Mandalorian seasons. Hopefully. And last but not least, Nick, no more ruling of respect. Just the one time in the premiere. We really got sold Bill Goods with the trailer. No, he didn't say it, but he showed it. Yeah. He showed it a lot, and he didn't say the exact words, but like even the way he was walking on the street at the end, smiling, like nodding at people and stuff, was showing that that thing. So even though we only had one here with this trailer and I, with the with the with the, the the first episode, the pilot, this was something that should have been tracked, and maybe we could have tracked it a little bit differently. Like times he referenced it instead of saying it, that never would have been high. Yeah, for maybe. sure. Yeah, I do feel bad about that. And I was sitting there, like, when he was talking to Cad Bane about his angle, about what the angle was, I was sitting there, Peter, sort of like the line in The Simpsons where all the kids are looking back at Bart saying, say the line, say the line. I'm like, oh, they're like, say the line, man. Though. Say the line, Boba, say the line. He's never said it. They thought that's what was going to come out of his mouth. I My angle is to rule with respect. I seriously thought that's what was coming out of his mouth, and it didn't happen. I was like, okay, good, good on you to not do that because it is kind of cheesy if you did. Yeah, that's like the moral of the day otherwise. But we're going to go now to the MVP LVP board. And these are our MVP rankings from on the screen here. Everybody to see in season one of, of the Book of Boba Fett here. Fennec Shan on top of the board still at plus five. Mando in second plus four. The Cyberpunk Power Rangers in third plus two. Rang out the positives. Boba Fett plus one. Black K plus one. The Gamorrean Guards RIP plus one. Cobb Vanth plus one and Luke Skywalker plus one. Thanks to Nick on the LVP side, the Tuscan Raiders negative one, the Rodian prisoner got stirred negative one, the twins negative one, Mike Brush's towel rat negative one, Bib Fortuna in, in memoriam negative one, the writers negative two and the trio at the bottom here, Madam Garza, the mayor's assistant and deputy Scott all at negative three here. So, for the final time, we're going to start the MVP section here. So, Pete, give us the MVP of the season finale of the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, the mayor's assistant. No, I'm kidding. Um, I would, you know, I, I'll give it to Boba Fett. Boba Fett actually showed us some really, really cool things in this episode. I think it shows the badass Boba Fett that we were hoping for. My my very close second is Cad Bane, though. Very, very close second. I think Cad Bane is a much better character than Boba Fett. But when it comes to the episode and who the MVP of the episode is, since Boba Fett's the one that's doing all the work and showing us he's still, or not still, but he's showing us he is a badass bounty hunter, I have to give him the MVP. Uh, Nick, your MVP. Also going to go with Boba. He, exactly what Pete said, he, he, Proves us right. We thought he was a badass. He does a great job at it. And for, if you want to give me honorable, like, like if I had honorable mentions to give, I agree with Pete with Cad Bane, and I also think the mayor's assistant would be so close. He really redeems himself, and I kind of feel bad that I'm sh I'm thinking you're not going to give him the MVP. You might, but I'm I feel not. bad that he's going to end up at the bottom. And I feel bad for Madam Garza too. Both of them, I feel like they don't deserve it, but unfortunately, they're probably going to end up there. Yeah. I'm going to give my MVP to, and Bo is a great choice. I did not really consider him because, like, 
His flaws in the strategy do hurt as well. He's here. He is valuable to the effort. I'm going to get Grogu on the board. He's going to get an MVP point for this episode. I mean, right. I, I understand. I, the only reason why I wouldn't go with him for MVP is because he literally didn't have to be in the episode for it to still be a good episode. I, you know, I, I don't think he makes or breaks it. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, look, we said it before and we'll say it again. Grogu's where the money is. People were watching this show because of Baby Yoda, even if they didn't like Star Wars. So you have to respect that. You got you to rule with respect on that. So, Yeah, I mean, just thinking about this uh, situation, I mean, like, Boba Fett's nowhere to be seen after he kills Cad Bane. The Rancor could have destroyed the town if Grogu was not getting involved. True, but they could have wrote it that he came back and literally just contained it, like one, two, three. So I agree with you, though. The way the episode plan pans out, city gets destroyed without Grogu, so I understand it. All right, I'm throwing a couple of honorable mentions on the board here as well. The mayor's assistant gets an honorable mention for me because guy. he had a very fun episode. He was very important to the effort. I also didn't mention, Pete, that like his scene where he gets linked up with Pelimon, the most screaming what's going on, was just so funny. Am I naive to think that they're going to become a couple if we see them again in the future? She did date a Jawa. Yeah, so... And he did. She did compliment his head tails or whatever the hell. Yeah. She called them. Yeah. So she he gets an honorable mention here. Cad Bane gets the honorable mention, and I'm giving the Rancor an honorable mention because the Rancor is the reason that they end up destroying those droids. Yeah, he plays a cool. Here's cool. All right. Now the other way, Nick. You told me your own that you had your LVP locked in about five seconds. So who is the LVP? Helimoto. She sucks. <laughs> I hate this character. She reminds me of like the lady who works at the theme park. Who's like, all right, kids, here we go. And like she's really annoying. Like she she is what it's like I'm watching the show and I feel like I'm you watch the, these shows and you get like seriously into them and you're you feel like, you know, it's not a kid's show. And then she reminds you, well, hold on, hold on, don't get too comfortable. You're watching a kid's show because I'm here. Look who it is. It's Mando. Like I really can't stand this lady. And I thought and I saw an article today. This is a real article, and I saw the title of the article. I read the article, too. The article says, The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 7, proves that Telemoto should be the new Luke Skywalker, and the galaxy <laughs> should center around her because it's gone too long in the Skywalker family following males. I'm, enough. Wait, enough. Wait, what? I'm not I am not afraid... I am not afraid of a strong female character. I've said it countless times that I think Fennec is the best character in the show. I've said it countless times that Ahsoka was the best character in the Clone Wars. I think Sabine was the best character in Rebels. I think Jyn Erso is the best character in Rogue One. That's more than half of the Star Wars material. Steve, the female is the better character. She is awful. Yeah, and just to reflect our MVP rankings overall, I mean... I did go back and look. In Clone Wars, Ahsoka was the best character, according to us, over the course of the series. In Rebels, it was Sabine. She was the MVP leader. Book of Boba Fett, it's Fennec Shan. So, all three shows, a woman has been the best character in the show. Definitely. All three shows you watch. You not go back to Mando. I feel like if we did Mando, Mando would be on top of that board. Probably. All right, P, who's your LVP of this episode? Uh, I, I agree with Nick. But I also think the mayor was a very big smack in the face loss opportunity. I'm going to give the LVP point to the mayor. 
And the reason why I give the LVP points to the mayor is because no character development whatsoever would ever make someone who seems to be someone who doesn't care. He's going to run the, his city the way he wants. He's going to allow the Pikes to do what they need to do. He's in control to he's a coward. The Pikes are in control and he's hiding out in his in their little office space. And he's not really off world or he was off world and came back and is hiding out in this guy's space, in a little office area. Um, just just such a 180 it's just it, not a great look for the character i'm gonna give him the lvp okay so the mayor is now officially on the board on the lvp side lvp side so now it's up to me and i mean i got some options here the pikes as a whole could be considered an lvp they're an honorable mention here i think in terms of other lvp candidates here probably Miles a good one i'm glad you throw it at her nick i'm giving it to robert rodriguez he's getting the, the last mvp for me because lvp for me because this, sh- I mean, the choices in this episode were so weird. Some places, I mean, the slow mo, like you could have dunked the Cyberpunk Power Rangers with that spin move thing. That was absurd. Like there was fun in there. There's also a over underwhelming finale for what should be a rollicking good show where you have a bunch of action in. And he's the action guy, and he directed the episode, so I'm giving him the LV- the LVP. Fine with it. No, you'll get you'll get no complaints from me. I think the internet will love me for that one, Pete. You know what it is? Uh, I still don't blame him 100%. I agree with you. I think there were some choices like making that guy do a spin move for no reason. It makes no sense. But the episode overall was a good episode. Um, I can't really blame him for not... Like he was trying, right? Like he could have, he could have just botched this whole episode entirely. I, I I'll say it again: if you don't have the tools, or you have to fix someone else's mistakes, it's hard to make a good product. And I think that was what happened with the sequels, the movies. All right, he, so one and three. Right? You said one, three, and seven. Yeah, so one and three is kind of like okay, there's really no excuse. But seven, it's like okay, you're gonna redeem yourself. It's hard. So, so, so let me ask you guys a quick question. Would you know? Obviously, the director's in charge, right? But there's a lot of people there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So, Mike, bleep this out. You mean to tell me that no one looked at him after that spin move and went, "Robert, this is fucking ridiculous." No one. <laughs> like this looks absurd. It's just weird to me. Like I get if one person thinks it's cool and no one else does, but when everyone doesn't pick up on it, yeah, not great. Uh, I'm curious if they just took one director and said, you're doing the whole show. What happened? I'm serious. I'm curious if they would have taken, um, what's her name? Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, Bryce Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard. Right. If, if, if she did all the episodes, I wonder what the show looks like. I think it's more of, not even director. I think it's more of a showrunner thing. I don't think he was the right showrunner. Maybe, but again, if instead of having all these different freaking directors and different styles and different this, have one director. It's only seven episodes. It's not like we're saying, hey, take 20 episodes. We have to pay you $20 million for it. Go be the director. Like, it's seven episodes. Pay one director to do all the episodes. 
at least you have some consistency. It's either consistently bad or consistently good. It's not, ah, oh, this episode was good, but then this episode was bad. And then this episode, the director tries to fix what happened in the episode prior. Like, that's the problem what happened with the sequels. This is the problem we're having with this. Luckily, The Mandalorian hasn't hit that yet. And I think The Mandalorian has multiple directors too, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they do. Right. I'm hoping that, and, and I, I hope I'm wrong, I'm hoping that the Mandalorian has such an influx of ideas that they can't have a bad episode versus with the Boba Fett where people had to like really think really hard how to make this thing seven episodes long. And then you can have like shit episodes. Yeah. Well, Fav- Favreau's a showrunner of Mando and he seems to have a better handle on how to run the show than Rodriguez did running this show. Why do they keep experimenting when it's so clear? Have one person be the runner of everything and have different directors. It's so obvious, but Marvel did it. Yeah, well, Marvel has a, has Feige running the whole thing. I guess, yeah, that's the- have Favreau run the whole thing. Why not? And just, if you want to have Robert Rodriguez direct episodes, sure. I mean, I, I agree. His episodes were the worst, but have Favreau run the whole thing. Rodriguez will do an episode. Filoni, Dallas Howard, get get uh, what's his name? I never know how to pronounce his name. The guy who plays Korg in, in, in Avengers, the director. What's his name? Uh, Taika Waititi. Taika, I don't know how to. I'll never pronounce Taika. that. Get, get him to do one. I think the problem is, I mean, like, obviously, John Favreau is not just doing Star Wars, he's doing other things. So asking him to be the Kathleen Kennedy of the of the Star Wars universe and run everything is, like, too much of his time, where, I mean, he's writing the show. Give him a lot of money, he'll say yes. I mean, he's writing all the shows. I think, again, like, executing the vision, like, you got like, it's like, why isn't Filoni doing this also? Because Filoni seems to be right there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Sports teams, Right. If your top players are not consistent, your team doesn't do well. doesn't matter who's on your roster. The whole team doesn't do well. You need consistency for the whole show to do well. Yeah. Even down to the actors. The actors know what to expect from the director. Sometimes that leads to poor acting decisions, poor directing. It, you know, I know it's overly simplistic to say, look at sports teams, but if you were trading away people if you were changing your roster four or five times a season, right for football, or let's let's go let's go even harder. Let's say you change your roster ten times in a sixteen week season or seventeen week season. Do you think that team's going to do well? No. Nope. Changing the the head of the rot like the the well, head people of the roster. Similar example is like when your when your head coach and your GM are not on the same page. There you go. Right, but like think about it. think about if you had a new quarterback every single week of the season except for like let's say every other week of the season you had a new quarterback yeah your team's if your team does well it's lucky it's not it's not planned that way it's lucky i think this is more a case of the nick example where the head coach in this case in this case rodriguez and the gm Favre are not the same page of how they want the show to go i think that's what the disconnect was here and we saw how that worked out for the giants well i guess i don't know they were on the same page but it was the wrong page yeah they don't they were on the wrong book that was, that was, that was different <laughs> yeah. All right, last up here, we're going to do our episode rankings here, and I messed up the graphs, and I could put in the stream. I'll put the correct one in the YouTube version, so you guys will see the see it there. But right now, Chapter 6, the top episode by far, 9.67 out of 10, so we were really high on that one. Number 2, Chapter 4, 7.13. Number 3, Chapter 2, we gave it 7. Chapter 5, 6.33. I may have to change my score on that when we do the postseason and push that higher. Chapter one, a six. Chapter three is in dead last, 5.33. So let's grade this episode here. Nick, you want to go first here? Sure, I'll go first. I'm going to give this episode a six. 
Okay. I think it was good. It wasn't bad, but it left a lot. To, it left me a lot. What, what's the word I'm trying to say? That's a lot to be desired. So I'm underwhelmed by it, but I didn't dislike it. It was a good episode. There's not really any story decisions that I'm strongly against. So I'm okay with that, but I just thought it could have been handled better and the season as a whole could have been better, but it was okay. I'm going to, I'm going to let Pete go last year. I'm going to give, I'm going to give us a five. Cause that's again, it's like, it was fine. I had fun, but like, is this one where I'm going to be like go, going back to the annals of star Wars saying, man, what a great finale this was. This is, this is not the season one or season two finale of the Mandalorian. This is not the end of clone Wars season seven. This is not the end of Rebel Season 2. This is nowhere in there in that mix. So it's a five. I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to go a little higher than you guys, only because even the worst episodes, I think I was only like rating a four or five. So I think I'm going to give this a seven and a half. And the reason why I'm giving it a seven and a half is because Cad Bane's character is phenomenal. Boba Fett is finally being the Boba Fett we were hoping for. But it's not going to get a very high grade for me because, yes, I may watch it again for the action, but stupid things like the spin move, all these questions that are still left unanswered, all these like quick little cheap kind of like things that they just threw in there to, to answer questions. They could have capitalized on a lot of those things, too. They could have capitalized on the Tuscan Raider angle. All we saw him was use the stick. OK, we didn't need four. We didn't need four episodes of back uh, backstory to him to use the stick for five seconds. I'm going to be honest. We didn't need that. That was, that was a waste of time. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven and a half. It was better than the original four episodes. Um, we finally see Boba Fett in action with the Mandalorian, which is super cool. We see Cad Bane in action and like have really great dialogue and be a really great character. That's my opinion. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven and a half. All right. So we will, again, we're going to do the postseason feedback show because we're over two hours already. We're not going to go much further than this. So, that's going to be something we discuss going forward here is like the overall season grades will reflect on that as you go back in here. I will say, I'm not going to tell you what the order is, but all three Rob Rodriguez episodes were the bottom three of the season. Yeah. Which, which yeah. just on, on trend what the audience and the critics tend to say online. Yep. All right. In lieu of predictions here, because there's not a new Book of Boa Fett next week, we're going to do a quick round table here. Do we get a season two of this show? Because it's not billed as a limited series like Obi-Wan is. They said this is a Disney Plus original series. Nick, do we get more at Book of Boba Fett going forward? I think so. I think the story leads no reason for there to be another one. But simply because they make more money when there is a show versus there isn't, they'll make another show. I'm going to concur. I'm going to say there will be a season two because as we have learned here, the title means nothing to what the show could be. We could get Book of Boba Fett season two and have Ahsoka be the star for four of the nine episodes. So I think we'll get this in, instead of it just let's view the whole thing as sort of the Mando versus the show. That's basically what I view all these shows basically are as right now. Pete, yes or no? Will you get a season two? Yeah, sorry. I, I agree. I think we're going to get a season two. But I... I, I... Man, I really, I really hope they come up with an idea. Even though they're definitely, they could probably, we all could probably guarantee that there's going to be someone for the Mandalorian show in this as a regular, whether that be Ahsoka, whether it be the Mandalorian again, 
who knows, maybe the Book of Boba Fett is like the Mandalorian offseason and the Mando shows up and you have to watch the Book of Boba to understand the next season of the Mandalorian. They may just ride that angle. You know, Cabane, what's your angle? That might be the angle. Like, hey, this is the, the um, I, I always forget that. I guess the prequel to the season for Mandalorian, maybe that's just how Book of Boba Fett's going to run. But I really hope they, they, they get a good idea and they stick with it and they stick with the theme and just go with it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, all right, at least you tried. Don't flip-flop. Don't start doing the crap that you did this, this season where you had to save it with Mandalorian with three episodes left. So, um, unfortunately, I do think there'll be a season two. Yeah, I will say that. for I think for sure it's coming. We I think we'll mention the post uh season feedback show special here. We're going to talk about like what could season two of the show look like. And Nick, I will say at least they do not be beholden to the Boa Fett movie script anymore, but that's in the past. Yeah. Hopefully that creates a couple of new avenues here. Maybe it'd be nice to see Boba Fett actually leave Tatooine. Yeah. It'd be nice. My big plot point, Pete, that the mayor's assistant is in charge while he leaves and goes off to do fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, why not Fennec? (laughs) Fennec go with him. Fennec go with him. She needs, he needs the muscle. Fun. Fair, fun. Yeah, either that, either like Cy- or or uh, Zordon, aka Cobb Vamp, is leading the Cyberpunk Power Rangers while they're gone. Ridiculous. All right, and as I mentioned, we're gonna do some postseason coverage here in between shows, and we did learn today. We got some interesting news on the Star Wars thing hours after the end of the Book of Boba Fett being out there. Hello there. Obi-Wan is back. Obi-Wan Kenobi season debuting May 25th on Disney Plus. And we got the date, Nick. I was excited about this. Me too. Uh, the date lines up with the 45th anniversary of the original film, New Hope, which is why they chose that day, I guess, instead of May 4th. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Super Bowl trailer? Or is that crazy? I think it's a little too early. Yeah? Okay. Because if I remember correctly, nice. I remember correctly, we did not get the Book of Boba which I was about like early October. All right. Okay. I so mean, you think May 4th trailer, or that's too soon? That's, that's too, too, that's too close late. To it. Yeah, it's too close. I think at the, I think by mid-March, we have the trailer. I mean, think about it from Disney's perspective for a second. Your trailer is going to be the most viral thing on the internet when it goes live, no matter what. Outside of Marvel. Why? What? Outside of any Marvel stuff. Yeah, well, you would assume they post it when there's no Marvel stuff, right? You would think. Yeah, so why put, Why spend, what is it now for a Super Bowl ad? $5 million for 30 seconds when you don't have to? Yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, $5 million is nothing to them, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. I also did look up, Pete, the Book of Boa Fett official trailer number one. The November 1st for show that came out December 29th. That's a little guiding here. So I think roughly this... two months, not really. So this would that would mean like late March, early April. That'd be basically around my birthday when we get that trailer. Maybe we get it on your birthday. Nice birthday present to you. Yeah, so that's one of the podcasts we'll do in between seasons. When the trailer drops, we will have a little like quick hit from us talking about it. But we'll be back soon. We were gonna take a little break, recharge the batteries, take some perspective on Book of Boba and do a postseason wrap-up after we're done here. Well, thank you guys for coming on. You're spending a long time here to talk about this episode. There's a lot to unpack. Appreciate it. So, Pete, you want to find on social media, I'm going to do that. As always, at PJConsidori29. Um, I'll spell it this time because Considori is probably not the easiest thing to spell. C-O-N-S-A-D-O-R-I. You can follow me there. 
uh, a lot of hockey stuff. The Olympics are on right now, which is pretty cool. Um, other than that, give us a follow. Nick, how can they follow you on the Twitters if you want to do that? Nick Fry underscore nine. Just retweeting everything here. Hopefully catch some eyes of some people who haven't seen yet. And I want to apologize for going as long as we did. There's a lot to cover because we had to go over the end of the season and the end of the episode. But we promised to not go this long again. Yeah, that's why we did not do the end of season stuff in this podcast. That would be another hour. We don't want don't want to give yeah. you that long as podcast. Also, go follow. Just, yep, you guys follow. Just, say, just, just bear with us for just this week, but we won't go this long again. Yep, you guys will follow me on Twitter, mphilips three three one. That's m p h i l i p s three three one. You follow Justin on the Suffering Podcast at the Super Bowl Preview Podcast up this week with uh, Pro Football Gurus Russell Baxter, football picks, and more. We'll be back soon. We will do a proper season reflection on the Book of Boa Fett. Until then, may the force be with you.